navy beans, navy beans, meatloaf, sandwich. The sand, baby. You can do it. Price is wrong, bitch. The sandbox. Thank you so much for being my friends. Welcome to the second episode of Into the Sandbox, a podcast where I hope to explore the world of Adam Sandler movies one movie at a time with a different guest each month. And hopefully together, we will figure out what Adam Sandler movies are all about. Sitting next to me is my friend Nick. Nick, welcome to my podcast. Thank you for having me. Nick, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Um, yes, um, I am Nick. I have a master's in film theory and criticism, and I teach film classes. So hopefully I don't sound pretentious. I think you're, you can rightfully sound pretentious. You have all the uh, degrees telling you you're allowed to be. I don't think you should sound rightfully pretentious, though. Uh, I mean, you can, I guess, if you want, but... I, I don't hope think, I don't. I don't think you're pretentious, Nick, for all that it's worth. Right now, we're drinking warm Hawaiian punch. Um, I will I will say my, my goals in academia are to really lower the bar in terms of lower the what, bar. What, what's acceptable oh. to okay. write about in, in film academia. You know, more just like being writing more about, you know, sleaze and exploitation and wrestling and things that, you know are not high art that more people yeah. are probably familiar with than, you know, the usual film academic discussions. You are the perfect candidate guest for this podcast. Yeah, not, um, not to brag, but I think I've seen like 60, 70% of Adam Sandler's filmography according Ooh. to Letterboxd. So, That's know. pretty good. You are the... The 20 plus be, range. I hold... I'll hold for anybody else later. There might be someone who's a more of an Adam Sandler connoisseur. I do not know if there is. But right now, you are the reigning champion. So you're an expert all right. in all considered things. What did we watch this month, Nick? We watched Mr. Deeds. Not only that, we watched two movies, actually. We, we, we did. we're overachievers. We did. Uh, and then we watched... Well, I watched them in the reverse order. But we also yeah. watched Mr. Deeds Goes to Town. Correct. Which, for a very long time, I got confused with Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. I always thought I they were the same kind of... Is that also from that Frank era? Capra film from a few years he later. He loves sending people to town. <laughs> Just to give some background on this film, Mr. Deeds uh, was released 2002. It is rated PG-13. Uh, it is a rom-com. And according to IMDb, its synopsis is a sweet-natured, small-town guy inherits a controlling stake in a media conglomerate and begins to do business his way. I would actually kind of disagree with that synopsis. I think he did very little business in this movie. Yeah, that I feel like it's taking a, um, a little bit of the synopsis of the movie it's remaking. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I kind of forgot to include some of that stuff back yeah. into it. <laughs> Before we discuss the movie, Nick, we need to get on the same page. I would like you to either give a, on the count of three, we will both either give a thumbs up or a thumbs down on Mr. Deeds. Could, could I could I add something? A question? Yes. Are we rating these? Are we giving these a thumbs up 
um, putting them against other Adam Sandler movies or I just all of at cinema? the movie as a whole. I don't think you're even comparing this. I think it's like a could you possibly recommend this to anybody else? Like, is this something you would watch again? Is this something you could go tell someone of, like, I had a good time watching this movie? All right. I don't think we're comparing it to anything else. Just as the movie, as it stands on its own, which is also why I'm glad we watched it in the order we did. All right. So, are you ready? Let, let's Cisco and Ebert it. Okay. Three, two, one. Is that a thumbs up from you? Uh, am I allowed to go in the middle? or is it No, you have one? to pick one or the other. <sighs> okay. Um, then you know what? Thumbs up. Okay, so we're at disagreeing. I'm a little shocked by this. Um, Nick is giving a thumbs up right now, and I have a thumbs down. I'll clarify, a light thumbs up. If I was allowed to go in the middle, that's where it would be. Let me also clarify, because maybe also um, after I watched just this movie, I was willing to give this a thumbs up. Mm. And then my opinion completely changed, even though I'm not comparing it to the other one. The, the original Mr. Deeds Goes to Towns, but it made me think about this film in other ways that turned it into a thumbs down. I completely agree with that. Yeah. Hey, editing Josie here. Uh, I need to append my thumbs down for Mr. Deeds as I reflected on the hour and a half drive home. I cannot in good faith give Mr. Deeds a thumbs down while I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry got a thumbs up from me. Mr. Deeds absolutely gets a thumbs up from me. Uh, past Josie was a fool. Uh, thank you for your time. Please continue listening to Into the Sandbox. It got, it got brought down, not to talk already, after the first watching Mr. Deeds as it was, I literally wrote down four out of five stars. So I wouldn't Whoa. forget, because I wouldn't put it in letterboxed. But I was like, this is pretty good for Adam Sandler. And then after I watched the original Mr. Deeds Goes to Town, it went down to three out of five. Well, I'm maybe hopefully by the end of this conversation, we maybe, maybe I can sway five. you into a three point five. <laughs> I think, I think le- that's fair. I think on Letterbox though, for the regular, I think it's sitting at a three. So the movie opens. Do you remember the uncle's name? I don't think I wrote it down. I don't. Uncle Deeds. Uncle Deeds. We'll call him Uncle Deeds. <laughs> we get an opening on him. He's climbing Mount Everest. Um, like an eighty-year-old, ninety-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's so cold, and there's a storm coming in, and his whole crew that's documenting him, climbing Mount Everest, they're all like, we got to get out of here. And he's like, you freaking chickens. I'm compl- we got all the way here. You th- start going to go back now? Um, so everyone leaves, and he goes up, and he does make it to the town of Mount Everest, but that is where he dies. <laughs> Stuck clinging to the peak of the mountain, and they have to helicopter lift him off. But that's how we open so oh blake blake was his name yes, blake. blake um and then we learned through a series of montages blake was a radio guy mm-hmm. like kind of like a media conglomerate type head of a company um but the he had no heir named which feels crazy for an extremely wealthy man at age 80 <laughs> especially you're about to climb mount everest where a lot of people die all the time well, I mean, maybe he just uh, uh, egomaniac. You know, maybe maybe he just he you really know, thought he, he was <laughs> still had that teenage mentality where, where death was in the distance. <laughs> they are on a frantic search to find the next heir that would be for him. And after, how did they even figure out it was our main character? They just looked through the family tree. Nah, I think they like have like this really throwaway line where they got like scientists 
doing like DNA or something. I, they they have some people doing some lab work, running some tests. Which we for... couldn't even do now, let alone 2002. We didn't even have yeah. 23 and me yet. Um, but yeah, and then they're waiting for uh, a fax. And then... Um, I did write LOL fax machine drama. Because right. it was very dramatic when it just shoots out of the fax machine, you know? Like. Right. And the first one, somebody else is like private health fax from their, from their private something doctor. Yeah, something their PHI <laughs> the fax machine. And then in another fax, all we get in like a like an aerial font in really big words, it's Longfellow Deeds. Which Making is, sure it's as big as possible for the camera to see. I didn't... Can, I knew this was like a remake of an earlier movie but i didn't really know like what year that movie was or anything and so it makes sense that they're keeping the same names but that's such a funny name longfellow deeds i liked it so much that instead of writing deeds i have longfellow like which takes a lot lot more (laughs) (laughs) but this will be the one and only time where i'll get to write the name longfellow yeah that's true it's very true so they go and helicopter from New York City to Mandrake Falls, New, New Hampshire. Oh, New Hampshire. Um, which, can helicopters go that far? I don't really know how far helicopters can go. I mean, it's New York. Uh, the East Coast is pretty well condensed. So, okay. you know, it's from New York City to one of those other East Coast states. Okay. I'd imagine it's probably pretty doable. Okay. I'll give them a pass. Yeah, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. It's not, it's within the realm of possibility. Anyway, they land in Mandrake's Fall. They talk to, it was fun to see, not to already compare contrast, but it was fun to see the, the scenes from both movies. Because mm. they talk to a guy first, right, before yeah, they, they find get off the train. Clouds. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a mailman, though, was it? No. Or somebody else. Just no, a guy. I think he just worked at the train station. In the original or in this version? In this version. In Beats. this version, no, it wasn't the mailman. It was, um,. He apparently runs the the airfield as well as is the delivery man for the pizza place that Mr. Deeds. Oh, that's that, right. That, that oh, that's right. This is the Longfellow pizza delivery Deeds. guy. Who uh, we're not revealed at the moment, but he yeah. is the pizza delivery guy that's right there in a the field. Yeah, he called in sick. He, he called in sick. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he goes to deliver them to the pizza place, the pizzeria. That's when we he thought that he got roost into going into work when he called in sick. Because then he ended up having to work. But we're at the pizzeria where then we meet Pam, I believe her name was. No, Jan, who gives us some info that uh, Lawnfellow Deeds writes these cards. He likes to make up Hallmark cards, but so far they've not bought any. He just writes out these very specifically detailed poems. You know, he was very, I feel like he was way ahead of the time, you know, like... You could sell those on Etsy for like a good four or five dollars. I bet they'd sell like hotcakes. The thing is, they're so specific. That's they're why so people would specific. buy them. <laughs> they're like, remember when you bought me bananas on March fourteenth? <laughs> Boy, was that really neat. <laughs> Be wicked. <laughs> wicked neat. Wicked <laughs> lot. In fact, the people love, he has a whole wall of these cards, and people love it so much that they often request that he reads a card. He's got like a whole poetry reading day at the pizzeria. Yeah. The day that they happen to come is poetry day, where I, he reads whatever poems he's working, he's working on. on. I do like that. I like how much everyone's into these poems slash cards. 
Um, we learn that there he does not have a lucky lady in his life. But otherwise, he seems like he's a good-natured fellow. He does a lot of charitable things. Something was mentioned up top. Like, he was somewhere... Oh, because he gives a lot of his pizza away for free. Mm. Um, he's also doing the deliveries because the delivery the man called in sick. Right, so he's hand-delivering all the pizzas. But he shows back up to the restaurant and our... Uh, stuffy New York City lawyer, no, company men, mm-hmm. they inform deeds of his inheritance and that he needs to come to New York with them to sign some paperwork so that he can return back to his life here. I like that when he met them, he refused a handshake and gave them a hug and he said, handshakes are for strangers. <laughs> they definitely are strangers. Well, they introduced <laughs> themselves. Okay. The names okay. were exchanged. One, oh gosh, I already want to start. I need to save the compare contrast for later. I, I, you know what? We can just do, I mean, we can just, we can go back and, I mean, they're essentially the same movies. This version just cuts out and compresses okay. a lot. That's true. I, okay, I, I don't know. I, it's going to be hard, you know, for me too. Because to, I might to forget some of my thoughts between them. There's one yeah. thing that struck me as a character choice. They really water down Longfellow deeds in this. Like, they kind of romanticize, like, the small town charm. Oh, you know everyone. Everyone's fine. You trust everyone. Because that's not how uh, Longfellow deeds was in the original. No. Like, he was very much just like, you know, like, he had a little more, like, I don't think he was super tight. But, you know, like, he was at least smart. You know, like, he at least had common sense of, you don't know these men, stuff like that, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. Longfellow deeds in the Adam Sandler version is too trustworthy to a fault that doesn't even play a fault in the movie. Like he never really gets repercussioned for it. If anything, it's 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 like a plus for him. Yeah, I I I feel like I I like this version a little bit better. If I'm being honest, I I felt like the original Longfellow was like kind of uneven, and part of that is like on purpose so that he's not perfect even though he's kind of meant to, to represent this ideal small-town American man in 1930s USA mm-hmm. where we really needed that uh, ideal. Yeah. But uh, I don't know, like, it's uneven because he also, like, is kind of preachy, I feel like, in the original. Yeah. And oh, yeah. um, kind of, like, exists in this small town that they want to give, like, that small-town USA feel. But also, like, he gets, like, a big, like marching band exit in the where they play the for he's a jolly good fellow <laughs> yeah. and old lane sign and it's not even new year's <laughs> right after that though the next time we ever see this uh anybody from the city is like in this like courtroom drama that's in the original and they're like yeah he's weird he's a weirdo we don't like him whereas yeah. like here you know i think everybody in that town would go to bat for longfellow i feel like his character is true well the thing about that trial scene in the original it's more that the people from the town are so peculiar like Mm. they all have very specific ways where it's like unless you grew up in that town like the the postman that gave them directions to where to find Longfellow was so like you had to say exactly what you wanted specifically because like it wasn't like he wouldn't interpret like bring me to him he was like you said bring me to his house I know he's not at his house but (laughs) that's what you asked of me like, it's that weird navigation of the quirks of the people in the town that only he would know because he spends so much time with these people. That's fair. And like I said, like, I feel like the inconsistency with the original Mr. Deeds 
is on purpose so that character can grow and so yeah. you're gonna have those faults to then change right and have like that growth and that arc whereas in here kind of stays the same character he, the whole he, way throughout the movie he doesn't almost, really go up or down he's the same yeah. throughout it's got it's very flat yeah and there, there's a big point i think a big deviation where the adam sandler version takes mm-hmm. from the original where we see where the mr deeds will take a become the new york stuffy businessman and forget where he came from to then come back to it later mm. but adam sandler's uh mr deeds it's like a fish keeps... out of water yeah and, like just along for this like long weekend ride and yeah gonna go back to his pizzeria make yeah. it all mark like he doesn't care that he has the money and he doesn't even care to like do right. anything with it like he's just kind of like okay let me help you get this fixed. When I watched this without, again, seeing the original, I kind of liked that of, like, it's almost nice of, like, how nice he is. It was, mm-hmm. like, fun to watch. Um, but now that I can see what else it could be, you know, I can now see that sometimes that didn't provide for much, like, substance, you know? I got to say, too, now that we're talking about both of these together, um, I really like the idea of him being a failed but still aspiring greeting card writer. Oh, yeah. Whereas in the original, he's an established... He was successful. He didn't need the money. He already yes. had money. Uh, and he, he already is a uh, a greeting card writer and a small-time poet. Who, and, like, that's his trade. And that's what, he's do- that's what he does. And so he spends the entire movie coming up with rhymes and stuff I did and like poems. it a lot. But I really... I, I think, especially, like, in a... In a Late 90s, early 2000s, kind of. I feel like that is a, a good uh, a comedic choice. Yeah. It adds something, Yeah. I think, of him being a failed but still aspiring greeting right. card I, <laughs> writer. I did like the pizzeria, too, because in the original, it's like he's out of his home. And then Jan was like more of like a maid, you know, type. Yeah. I don't know what to call it, but you know, just the woman who lives in your home and takes care of you because you're unmarried. Yep. Like, they kind of solved that issue, you know? Yeah. Um, and then you get all the fun pizzeria stuff. I did think, like, it was a strong choice to change because we got to see more of the town people, you mm-hmm. know? And then we get to see other stuff, too. Although, I will say, for the pizzeria, I also wrote this down, that pe- pizzeria was packed before lunchtime. <laughs> like, it was completely full, because she said he'll be back in time for lunch, which means it probably was, like, what, 10.30? Yeah. <laughs> but it was poetry day. It was poetry know? day. And when you have this, uh, when you live yeah. in this town that's presented as, like, this, like, partially, like, New England small town, yeah. everyday America, but also, like, with little bits of, like, rural, you know, Midwestern. Like, it's like yeah. this... Blend kind of, of yeah, like weird said, blend, but I like USA. it. Yeah, yeah but it's, it's nice. It's shorthand. In the beginning, like there's cows just roaming around in like the airfield, and yeah. you know, like nobody's yeah. doing anything. Yeah, it's poetry days. <laughs> meet up at meet up in town. Was there a fake cop? Yeah, there, there was, was a fake cop because he makes a joke uh, about how he needs to hurry up and read his poems. Yes, because right. he's got to like, get back on duty. And then the then the businessmen are like, Telling "Hey, him about his inheritance, you just inherited like, like an obscene amount, dollars. yeah, an obscene amount of money." And then you have that typical early two thousands comedy gag. Wait, 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 wait! You're not a cop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the bait and switch. Yeah. <laughs> and completely reg- dis- disregards everything yeah. that they said. And they make a joke. We're like, "Well, no harm, no foul." Even though, like, that's very much a felony. (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. Listen, they all know each other. That's how I hope. (laughs) Not well enough. (laughs) 
I did like um, the card. So they also had him read a card um, during this moment where they're telling, they're trying to tell him about it. But the town is like, it's poetry day. Read a card. So he reads a card for a 50th anniversary. And, you know, everyone's laughing because I think there was some joke about saggy boobs. Mm -hmm. But then it was a little sweet. And I did like that they cut to one guy just crying. (laughs) I thought it was really funny. (laughs) No, I think think that's a really good comedic setup. I like. Yeah. And then we get to see some of the good that Longfellow does. Because the businessmen are following to his house. I think they're going to his house. They're for sure going to town. He's just delivering pizzas. Oh, they're following the pizzas? Yeah. Okay. Because then that's where we meet Steve Buscemi. Mm-hmm. Um, Crazy you wanna, you eyes. I'll have you talk about this a little bit. About <laughs> I was co- taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> walking walking down the road. He, like, picks up a elderly man who can't hardly walk and, that's like, right. carries him to the front of the drugstore so he can get his medicine for the week. That's right. Uh, gives a pizza to a bunch of old ladies who are, I think, supposed to kind of be dressed up like the old ladies from the original who come to testify right. against him. And then they stop at the jail. The, gives... Which a jail window just leaves out into the city <laughs> <Yeah>. street. <laughs> well, small town America. Wasn't that how it was, like, on the Andy Griffith show, too? Like, was it? <laughs> <laughs> the jail just right out onto the street well that's how it is in the mask in the in the jim carrey movie the mask the yeah mask. okay yeah. I'll, that's I'll how give they it get the pass. dog in that's you how they gotta... that that's typical yeah anyway in reality that's not how it works but it's how it works in movies yeah and uh gives him uh gives steve buscemi whose character's name is crazy eyes because his eyes go in two complete ways. opposite directions yeah. out um, which has some pretty good gags yeah. later on, like when they're watching the uh, the TV trial or whatever. Yeah. And uh, the friend's like, oh, there's there's Deedzy. And he was like, what? I thought we were watching Scooby-Doo. <laughs> like, <laughs> but anyways, gets a pizza. What kind of pizza was it? Gets uh, an Oreo and French fry pizza. I wonder what that would taste like. Well, you know what? You'd have to listen to the end of the podcast <laughs> to find out. <laughs> Great, you're you're natural at this, Nick. You're okay. a natural at plugging the thing that you're already on. <laughs> <laughs> they go back to New York. They get back in the in the chopper. They get, get back chopper. to New York. There was a great shot, you know, as we get the helicopter through New York City, and it's just one of those classic things where we don't see the words, but you just hear uh, as the helicopter goes through the skyline and then lands like a "Yeah, baby" or something like that. It's, it's "I love like New a, York." I love New York, and that's because this came out post nine eleven. That that stuff's in this movie like everywhere, You're and right. every time that is, it's like a shot where you can't see Adam Sandler's mouth moving. So they added it all. I bet they added afterwards. it all in afterwards. We clearly wouldn't this... have. They would not have put the twin towers in if they filmed. Well, they were. Right they now. were filmed. So I looked it up, and this was shot the spring of two thousand and one, and they were editing in fall of two thousand one, and so then they had to re-edit and they digitally yeah. took out just like they did with like Spider Man and a few yeah, other and movies. Yeah, all people had to do that. But then, like that stuff's like there's a couple other times, like random times where he just says how much he loves the city and like how great New York is and it's always like at the end of a scene as it's like ending so it's just you know so such a relic yeah enough time has passed i think we can like look at this you know in a it's very much a this is very much a wound is no longer fresh uh, uh, a 9-11 movie though like very much which i think also kind of is like why this movie feels so safe and very like apolitical and not like his earlier raunchy vulgar stuff 
that we have before and even after. You're sure, although they wouldn't have written this stuff in the mind of two, no, two, but they probably you know, but they might have edited it a yeah, different way or done post. some like reshoots, that sort of thing. Interesting. I, mean, I don't know if they did that, but I it kind of feels that way. That would actually explain a lot, especially like the big deviation potentially from the original Mr. Deeds, because it does kind of go like on a little. I think I think I think that was there. Thing. I think yeah. well, I don't. I don't think, think they, they would have, have done that. that in this. No. Too much would have changed um, from what they gave us. We cut to the media conglomerate inside access. <laughs> well, it's not, yeah. Well, maybe at the time they were just a little startup, just a little <laughs> little indie news <laughs> group. <laughs> but they're they're looking for the next big scoop. Oh, and I forget. So I rented this from YouTube is how I watch this. Mm. Um, and when you do the YouTube movies, sometimes they'll give you a preview of the movie, but they don't always play the trailer. And I didn't watch the trailer before I watched the movie, but I did watch the YouTube preview before I purchased the rental. And it picked this scene out of everywhere in the movie where it's the media conglomerate guy in, like, the board meeting being like, we need stories. We got no news. And then I think his son comes in and is like, we just got word there's a helicopter. And two guys went to to uh, New Hampshire and they came back with three guys. And then, and then our character Babe says, that's one more than they have. It wasn't Babes, but it was somebody else in the room. It was somebody else. Yeah. So I thought it was Babe because it was a woman said it, though. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, that's right, because Babe was missing. Yeah. Um. And then that was the preview. That was all, like, that's what they pitch you for the movie, which is such a uh, random scene. Also, <laughs> arguably, like, the worst scene in so the whole lame. movie. So lame. Yeah, it like... wasn't, like, super funny. It wasn't super lame. They just picked a very mundane <laughs> part of the movie. Please spend your $4 this way. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, if anything, they should have, like, shown the part where he, like opens the casket at the funeral. <laughs> Spoiler! We don't know that right, Blake died. <laughs> but now they're now they're on the lead. They're like, oh, they must be after the... Because they know that Blake died, so I think mm-hmm. they're tracking the story. They're like, we yeah. need to know about what's happening to the Blake estate. I mean, it would be kind of like, you know, if like Trump died and he didn't have any kids right. somehow. And, <laughs> and everyone was like, who's going to take on all of this debt? I mean, all of his billions of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, that's kind of, like, the sense I get. Yeah. Is, you know, like, yeah. it's just big people news. Would, yeah, like, people would care. Yeah. And that's how we find out we get introduced to our uh, other big lead. Uh, Babe is missing from the room. Because they're like, where's Babe? Mm-hmm. Um, and we cut to Babe is Renona Ryder. I believe mm-hmm. she's is she sleeping on her couch. She's just in her office doing yep, nothing. Yep, sleeping. Because her and her boyfriend broke up. Broke and up. And he kept the apartment, apparently. Yep. So she's sleeping in her office. And she has not had any good work for a while, uh, so she really needs something yeah. to keep her job. On Otherwise, the verge of being fired. Right. And, I guess, homeless, too. Yeah. Like, really, probably her health care, too. You know, it's all tied in. <laughs> and then there's the joke about uh, she's the highest paid person, even though she also was presented to us as being not a very good journalist. And then she spent all of her money on shoes. <sighs> yeah. Babe really got wrecked in this version. Yeah. They really did her dirty. OG Babe was... Uh, a badass motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> we can swear in this podcast. But, uh, yeah, no. The original Babe was 
like you said, a badass. But uh, yeah. this babe, not so great. Because in the original, it was like none of the guys were competent enough. It was like, we need to send yeah. babe in. And then, yeah, she... Not even. She was just like, yeah, I'll do it, I guess, if sure. you really... If... I got nothing else to do. Yeah, she was just like, yeah, I guess if you really need me, but you're going to have to pay me big for this oh, one. Because yeah. this is like below me. vacation paid. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. And a raise, you know, she's kind of like, kind of like, a, you know, like a, like the Clint Eastwood, you know, like bounty hunter, but in 1930s yeah. journalism. I also think we start off, so they must have known that they were landing. Oh, we cut back to Adam Sandler. They're landing on the roof in New York City. He loves it. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you forgot, though, there's that scene where they go to uh, Wendy's because Adam oh, Sandler right. is really big, it, uh, really well known for... No, just really bad product placement. Oh, yeah. As in, like, making it super obvious that they're, like, funding it. So, like, oh, get, yeah. like, a whole, like, two-minute scene of just Wendy's, them eating Wendy's Wendy's. and him naming off all of his favorite <laughs> Wendy's foods. <laughs> and then we get back yeah. to the movie. I don't think I said it. Back in the pizzeria, there was Pepsi and Budweiser just mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah, like, Babs is drinking it in this, like, scene that we were just talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, in her news office, just... In a, yeah. not even like a can, like in a glass in a glass, bottle, the like, best, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. if you're going to drink at work, like at least have something. Put it in a different container. Or, right? or like you drink, a, drink it in a can, you know, like I'm not going to walk around. It's not going to walk around at work with a glass bottle. <laughs> to be fair, if the, well, gosh, I don't want to say what I want to say. If there's, if you're probably in a company as big as that, uh, you probably aren't worried about alcohol. Oh. and probably runs rampant. Somebody drinking a beer when I worked probably in New better York. than, yeah. When I worked in New York, we had like a fridge. I like the yeah. media place that I had that had beer. Yeah, we like, had work beer. Yeah, work beers. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like. But it's like you would drink it at the end of the day. Not yeah, there were like the specific day. times, like yeah. specific staff meetings or like specific things. Yeah. But yeah. But that's that's Babe's character to us. She's uh, very sloppy. Um, but then we cut back to so it's someone from the media group though. So they cut when they're coming back. So they mm-hmm. find out how to get on that helicopter launch pad, and they take a paparazzi photo of them <laughs> yeah. landing, and then jumps off the roof with a parachute, <laughs> which is very gag. fun. I loved it. <laughs> It's so over the top. And then the and then the bad guys are like, yeah, that guy should be murdered. I hate paparazzi. And he's like, he's going to sell that for, you know, thousands of dollars. And then Adam Sandler's like, well, well, he should with all that James Bond moves that he just did. <laughs> and then throughout, like, oh, I think they start taking him through his Uncle Blake's mansion apartment, New York City style. And every, like, employee that he meets in this mansion apartment, he's just hugging it. Like, he's on a hugging tirade. Yeah. I mean, you grew up here in the Midwest, right? Like, that's just... Yeah, you know, you, know, you hug everyone, yeah. and you definitely don't, like, do that weird, like, are we hugging? Yeah. Are we gonna hug? Like, is... <laughs> what do we do? He's just very, like, there's no choice. Yeah. Like, it's just what you Some do. people are like that. Yeah. And I think Longfellow Deeds is like that in this version. Just a hugger. Yep, just a hugger. So yeah, we get introduced to a couple staff. I've been right. This is like a huge, this apartment is so huge and cavernous that we 
do some great echo work because he realizes he's an echo. So you spend a good like two minutes just <laughs> doing echoes. Yeah. It's your introduction in to the your, uh, <laughs> your new boss. <laughs> <laughs> what you do kind of like because it's like it starts off with him and then he gets ooh, John Totoro's uh, Emilio Lopez, yeah. which is his like main servant butler type. Main bur- butler. Main uh, personal assistant. I don't know. Whatever I want to call him, but he only lives in his house with him. I think he's supposed to be a butler, but butler. that's uh, not, n- not cool great. with Mr. Deeds. Yeah. yeah, but he gets him to do the echo thing, and then start you know people start hearing these echoes, so they come out, and all the staff in this mansion apartment are now shouting things so they can hear the echo. I do think it's a really fun moment. Yeah. I, it went on a little long. I, I think it comes up much more organically and is a lot more fun in this version than in the original, Yeah. where he starts off yelling at one of the butlers and then hears an echo and then everybody oh, else fun. comes in yeah. and they like do this like choir thing and then it ends with, let that be a lesson to you. And yeah. <laughs> it was really preachy. weird. Again, he was a lot more preachy in that version. Yeah. And also like really weird, like in the, like, end of the second act like real towards the end of the middle like getting into the end of the movie and like we have this random scene whereas here it's like in the beginning like here's the staff we're all just gonna yell in echo and makes a lot more sense he doesn't really quite get a tour yet but we see a little bit of the the, this is a huge place he's living in and he goes to bed and it's granted it's a beautiful bed very nice sheets it looks like Mm -hmm. but i have to ask you nick would you sleep in your dead uncle's bed (laughs) he didn't die in it so i mean (laughs) <laughs> and there's people there who probably changed the sheets. Something's still weird about that to me. I mean, have you slept in a you've slept in a hotel bed, right? Yeah. There's people who've slept in that okay. bed who died. Okay. Maybe they even died in that okay. bed. Oh, who do there's we know? something different about a hotel bed and like you staying at like so a friend's house and but they're not there and you just go sleep in their their bed. Mm. This is something a little weird. It's about his bed that. now though. It's also not a friend. I guess. You don't even know the guy. He's in. You're, it he's just feels an really personal. Like that's like a he slept there every day type of thing, you know. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Bed's a bed. He wakes up though in this beautiful bed. We see there's a water fountain that shoots out Hawaiian punch. Mm-hmm. Which is why we're drinking it now. The butler Emilio Emilio Lopez asks uh, Longfellow Deeds to put on his socks for him, <laughs> which Longfellow Deeds tells him, "No way will you do that for me." And then we found out just seconds later that he has a horrible dead foot. But not only used... that, but then also John Turturro's character, uh, Lopez, has, a foot, has a foot fetish that he can't control. But he found the one foot that he didn't want. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there was some some weird story about like uh, he has a dead foot from like a camping got frostbite yeah. from a camping trip, and then also a very long scene of John Turturro. Yeah. Just stabbing the foot and like jumping on it with a fire Stood poker. With a fire poker. Frostbitten also means that it's immune to bleeding, cuts, infection. Yeah, everything like, else. Because he can't feel it, this thing can get stabbed. <laughs> right, not how that works. And, and it's completely fine. And even though I knew it was coming, they still played it great. Of course, he's gonna scream at some point, yes. acting as if it causes him pain. And of course, it's a fake out. Yeah, we 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 get the the one classic Adam Sandler screaming, yelling. Yeah. The thing he was known for. We get it that one time there. Deeds goes into work, even though he was instructed to just kind of hang around the apartment for the couple days. He's like, I 
just inherited a really huge company. I must go to work because this is my character's thing. I must work if this is what I do. Yeah, I, well, I think he says, like, there's a lot of people's, like, jobs. Like, you know, he's got to right. oversee stuff. Like, the right. other people's jobs depend on him doing this. So we go to the big, uh, big, big company, the big office back at Blake's Media. They have some, like, French board members in or something. People that are supposed to be deemed as really important, but we don't really care about them. And then, you know, we kind of get Adam Sandler strutting around, trying to, you know, be a boss. But they're like, yeah, you should just just get out of here. And then a football boy comes in. Mm -hmm. Who wants more money? Because he knows how much Longfellow has just inherited. And then he tells him no and asks, asks if him playing better means he should get more than if the next season he plays bad if he should take a pay cut yeah and he didn't like that answer and then he threatened to quit at some point he punches him too yeah he sucker punches him real 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 good in the face yeah but you know what i think it's a lot more believable adam sandler sucker punching jackasses they also most everybody he punches in this movie is a jackass like has has it it, yeah and is like much more deserved whereas in the original he was throwing punches all the time granted they both are doing it a lot yeah a lot i think the original one he like sucker punches a few more people and like i don't know always like necessarily like they had it coming i mean they were being you know maybe a little snobbish or a little rude but you know that's when you just be snobbish or rude back. You know, yeah. he just immediately goes to, as you say, like That's cracking their heads America together or something. Yeah, <laughs> got like a short views. Just, and I don't know, just not as uh, not as believable. Yeah. Uh, in the original, whereas you know, short stout Adam Sandler throwing some sucker punches, a little yeah. bit more believable. But. Although, can I really believe Adam Sandler sucker punching this huge football guy who clearly would? kick his ass well i mean it's he not like the that. football guy wasn't expecting it he's used to getting oh, hit with all of his pads he swore in front of women yeah and that's that's why he punched him yeah and then he um, gets and then he gets beat by his dad later on for because yeah. he finds out he he used oh, language I about that. <laughs> but yeah this won't be the last you see but yeah for now he's letting the football guy quit saying he'll be back and then they head outside where then we get a ruse babe also just I thought for a minute, like, that I didn't realize it was going to be her name. That is her name, Babe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought they are just, like, being misogynistic. That's in, normally in the original or these... in, the, in, in this version? I guess it's on brand for both to be misogynistic. Yeah. <laughs> but in both, it's, like, her name. Yeah, it's her name. Babe and uh, one of the reporter guys that she works with, they have set up a fake mugging it's, because... It's Billy, I think, right? Billy. Is it? I could sure. be wrong. We don't see Wait, much of him at that's what after they, this. That's what, when he's pretending to be a kid later on over the phone. Okay. But they know that he... Oh, because they overheard he wants... Marty. Uh, he wants a damsel in distress. Because mm-hmm. he is looking for love, but he thinks it's going to be like a... His parents or his grandfather saved their grandma, mother from falling ice, falling in ice, you know, something heroic like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're playing into that. And so they set up a fake mugging for Longfellow to come rescue her. And we, this is like almost like a recreation, not literally, but like costume wise, they wear that same classic hat from the original. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's very reminiscent of it. Um, yeah. And she like lays down in front of his driveway 
and pretends to faint in the original. Oh, yeah, in the original, much less theatrical. <laughs> She's just like, I've been walking too much. Oh, I'm going to pass out. I've been out. spending the whole day looking for a job. job. <laughs> <laughs> it's the depression. You know what? <laughs> that would work right now it for was, someone. I mean, <laughs> but, yeah, for this one, they do, they do a mugging. Um, and, right, so for this one, it was more of like a babe had information given to her, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, you know, like this versus the original babe. She was just kind of like smart to kind of just be like a, I'm a woman. I can just yeah. say I'm tired from walking. I was looking for a job all day. You know, she's a little bit more like crafty. Yeah. Like, even though it's really lame, like Did it worked her dirty for her. work too. Right. Cause, cause Marty, the other journalist was on the rooftop in the beginning with the James Bond paparazzi Parachute, guy. Yeah. He was dressed up as a clearance guy on oh, the yeah. landing pad. That's yeah, where yeah. he overheard it. So she's she's a little bit more of like a needs help from others to get her versus the original babe is very self-sufficient and independent, yeah. completely doing it on her own. Just threw herself in and figured it out. But the, he's so, you know, this is again his damsel in distress moment. He's loving this. Uh, he saves her purse and then he asks her out for dinner. Yeah. And we get, we get a nice little, like, WCW street fight where he just completely ignores her and chases the oh, mugger yeah, down, <laughs> throws him into the wall and breaks a couple of trash, trash can cans on, on his him. back and yeah. sucker punches him. Then he's yeah. down for the count, and then he's just punching him repeatedly. So the whole time also, because they used that footage of him, this mugging later like, yeah. against him, right? Yeah. So the... So Jerry cut to it. So she has this camera in her bra that I'm not quite sure how it gets the angle or clarity that it needs. Because at one point she like pulls it out to she like readjust it, it and yeah. then like just shoves it. <laughs> yeah. Down. But also I like that apparently that's the only way this journalist company can get their footage because later on when she quits, Marty has to dress up like a woman and he <laughs> records it the same way. So You're apparently, right. it's the only way it works. We company. only have this one camera and it goes in a bra. Yeah. It's the only way it works. I didn't think about that. Especially, too, it's not even like she has low cut shirts. No. Like, but, like, when she's in the bathroom, like, fixing it. Yeah, she pulls it. up. It's like a huge thing. It's like got a big snake cord. She just, like, What's it plugged into? And then she, like, shoves it right back down and they're, like, facing down. Like, yeah. Don't know. Yeah, the <laughs> way they interpret it, it's like it's like a rope with like a little camera at the end. Yeah. And because she pulls it out, and she's like, "You better pay me a lot." And then just, so really, the angle would just be like her chin, you or like know? just shadow, just, like right. being underneath her shirt. Like <laughs> it would make sense if it was a microphone. You know, this all makes sense. Like it was a microphone, and yeah. they decided that's not good enough. It no. needs to be a camera. It's getting like clear. Crystal clear, like wide view. Yeah. <laughs> like they don't even like attempt to make it look different from the rest of the movie. Like clearly shot on thirty-five millimeter. Like. <laughs> yeah. But with like that, like two thousand spy oh, yeah. gear that they sold at Toys R Us for kids, you know. Like, yeah, camcorders couldn't like. even record as good as the footage no. they were getting. And I mean, that was camcorders actually... <laughs> were huge. Can't even shove it in a shirt. <laughs> So they they go out to dinner and uh, so yeah that's where we see the camera reveal mm-hmm. she's getting all this um, on camera supposedly <laughs> um, and then they get called over so one thing that's different is that he in Adam Sandler and Mr Deeds he gets called over to another table well they get called over another one too 
I thought it was the reverse. I thought he he was asking for famous people. Mm-hmm. He was. And then when he heard that there was a poet, he he wanted to get introduced. I thought he asked the waiter to introduce them and then go over to them. They were asked, but then I think they eventually get invited over in the original okay. too. Okay. But he was asking. Was like versus any this one, he was he, versus in this one, he couldn't care about celebrities. Yeah. He just cared about Babe. He just yeah. saved her. Right. Like he just found funny the thing, one. He gave like five thousand. There was a couple having their anniversary, so he gave <laughs> some like. Two hundred thousand dollars or something <laughs> yeah. crazy. He just has that on cash on him too. Like it's day one, New York City. You gotta cash Beardy, out your. your he got access to the bank account. Like, <laughs> um, so they're out dancing on the table next to them. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he gets called over to like a big, like big wig table. Yeah. And when did you believe it? It's also full of poets or well, writers. Well, one's an opera singer. One writes for like the New York Times. Oh, the right, the New something. Yorker. Yeah, the New Yorker. It is refreshing to see uh, Deeds completely, like, not care about, like, you know, the snobbery of New York. Yeah. And Throughout, the status. Yeah. He doesn't even know what the New Yorker is. Yeah. And I don't I don't remember how the fight breaks out in this one. But oh, because the, this whole... they ask him to recite a poem, mm. and he does. And then he realizes they're just laughing. Like, they're yeah. not laughing with him. They don't think the poem is funny. They yeah. think it's funny because he can't, like, he can't write as... Pompous as they can. <laughs> I said it right the first time. But, right, so they, they he interprets that, oh, he's the one to be mocked. So yeah. they're not being genuine. Um, so he starts throwing, oh, first he's going to walk away from it because he wouldn't fight in front of a lady. And then both times yeah. she goes, I don't, I don't mind. mind. And then he, that's all he needed to hear because he was like, oh, great. <laughs> and he just takes everyone on, both yeah. versions. Like, just like MMA fight just broke out. You know what? It is funny. Like, I don't know why they're making this character do it. It is a little funny of just how often he gets into fights, though. I do like it. But then the next morning, uh, oh, also they get very, very drunk. and they Yeah, go he out meets and uh, McEnroe, the, the tennis guy, That's who's right. also known for starting fights. He's like, hey, oh. I liked how you uh, beat up the elite I didn't uh, know social that. people. Like, That's what he was like. He was known for kind of being uh, a little rough around the edges in the tennis scene. And so then he was like, yeah, let's buy a drink. And then they go do terrible bad boy stuff, yeah. which in post-9-11 New York is throwing eggs at cars and smoking and playing reggae with a street Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the extent of... Compared to the original where he's feeding donuts to <laughs> And running around naked saying, back to nature. <laughs> Feeding donuts to horses, holding up not only traffic, but also feeding people food to animals during that's the depression. The, yeah. You know, that's... Yeah. It is extra. I didn't think about it through the lens of depression. Like, yeah, that is a little extra. Like, it, it's, it's called upon later. He's called out for it. But, but of like... all the terrible things you could do in New York, apparently nothing's worse than throwing eggs and playing yeah. reggae music yeah. with a street group. Deeds wakes up the next morning with a big hangover... Uh, and we, I do like seeing like the changes, like even if they're minute and they don't really matter to seeing the changes. Cause then Mr. DT just gets like too Advil. Yeah. It's like, this will make your head feel smaller. And in the original it's, uh, mountain oysters, which yeah. I thought was like, it's like an oyster drink, like a, like a right. cocktail thing. I thought it was, what are those called? Like Rocky a rock- mountain oysters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought on these. Cause I thought, I'm like, that's would be comedy, you know, like they're both comedies. Yeah. I can see that. And he wouldn't know or something like that. But that's not it. Um, and then he sees the, the business people show up and Adam Sandler and Mr. Deeds. And they put on the TV and, like, look at you're on the news. Yeah. And 
I love, I wrote this down because I had this line, was funny. He wrote, oh no, they're going to know my name is Lawnfella. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Which is pretty good. That's, it's, I like that line. Um, but he get he gets in trouble. So he's almost he got a little slap on the wrist of like, hey, you can't go glowing around being an ass in New York City. You know, don't you stop can... throwing eggs and playing with these right because you're scaring the investors, the uh, the stockholders. They think if you're unstable, the company's unstable. Which you know, Elon Musk really needs to watch this. Movie. I mean, this was kind of uh, you know ahead of its time. You know, yeah. a little bit like this is. Uh, I don't think we really cared about that a whole lot in 2002 no because when you think about it like donald trump was in his like reign you know and he was probably doing this all the time yeah um with some unsavory people um we also get a little reveal of uh emilio lopez the butler is back Mm -hmm. and we get some like more one-on-one moments with him about how his uncle blake you know, they were really close. They talked about a lot of things. You know, he was really trusted, you know, with him, which is good because I easily could have seen it gone the other way of like, yeah, your uncle was an asshole. He didn't care. Like that seemed really easy to do. You know, they didn't do that route. Um, but then we did get an interaction between the company, other, you know, people that want to take. Oh, I don't know we've established yet. The people that run Blake Media are trying to trick, quote unquote, um, Lawnfellow deeds into signing the company over to them because mm-hmm. they're like you don't want media coming to your beautiful small town yeah. you want to come back to this life just come to New York sign some papers and you'll be back and then we'll be running things we've been in the business a long time when really their long game is to just sell the company and get rid of it, everyone yeah um, so they're so they're scared you know right now that but they have to go through all the things they're the baddies of this movie and we get an interaction between them and Emilio and I just like that they call him some like Latin American slurs or something like that. Really degrade him or something. And he goes, actually, I'm from Spain. And he does this like little flip off <laughs> yeah. flip and goes like, ole. <laughs> it kind of is a little funny. I don't know if it's like, uh, it's a great area. Um, yeah. So um, I actually also read on the Wikipedia page that they wrote that part specifically for him. And the only reason why... He really took it was because he got to play like a like a strong Spanish oh. character, which was so like really liked... important to him. So was that important to him, or was it this was like a caveat his, like, to part, it? Part of, like, part of his if I have to do this, I he, have I mean, to do this line I don't love. Yeah, no, he, I mean he didn't uh, didn't have to do it. I mean he was yeah. he was uh, pretty big in you know the Big Lebowski and and uh, uh, Oh Brother yeah. Where Art Thou okay. like he had a lot of that, Hollywood okay. cachet okay. I mean he was in uh, Do the Right Thing you know like okay. he didn't have okay. to he so just liked the idea of being able to, to portray a, a strong Spanish, Spanish character which was important it. it was him. a great character it was very fun to see him throughout the movie yeah. we also haven't talked about my favorite uh, company baddies I think his name is Anderson which one? Uh, he's the one with the weird beard. The, with the Abe Lincoln beard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because he's no. kind of like the goofiest. Like everyone else, you know, is very much like, oh, we got to con this guy out. We got to, we got money to make. We got yeah. jobs to lose. He's like a bad guy, but like, Funny. he's like there for the, like, he's not really trying to be a bad, like he even yeah. gets to stay with the company. He's one of the people that chime in at the end. Yeah. Too, he like, like apologizes and says yeah. that, you know, yeah. he'll be better. Because I think he joined in in the Echo thing maybe too, and we're in the small town. Like, he's just kind of, he's just kind of a goofy guy. Yeah. He's not, he he's the... Uh, yeah, he was kind of like the punching bag for, like, yeah. the main bad guy. Because, yeah. they're, like, they're doing the tennis scene later on, and That's the main right. bad guy keeps getting the... Getting the ass kicked. 
literally buy tennis balls and yeah. like oh he likes that doesn't he <laughs> yeah so i just wanted i just wanted to call that character out because I, I don't his moments are very much you know it's like little snippets that come up every now and then we move to the oh emilio lopez reveals oh the funerals today for your uncle oh yeah which the company people were mad about which would have been kind of weird he would have found like it was a live broadcast event well, i think they were like trying to make it you know so that they could make it seem like he wasn't uh he didn't care oh they yeah. didn't want they yeah, purposely they didn't, didn't want, want him, him to be like, there yeah got it but it slips so he goes to the funeral and we get a pastor. I think he was a pastor, but he did a eulogy, and there was just so many beautiful rhymes, which, of course, Longfellow loves. Like, he, that's the kind of poems he wished he was writing, you know? Like, a master of the craft. Um, well, he wasn't wasn't just any pastor. It was Al Sharpton. Um, so he decides to follow up that act um, with some rhymes of his own. <laughs> and I think it kind of was well-received. Like, it yeah. clearly wasn't as beautiful as... Al Sharpton's mm-hmm. eulogy was. But, you know, I think it was well. Um, and then we cut to the hometown where we found out, oh, this funeral's being live broadcasted. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a royal wedding. Like, everyone's watching this. <laughs> right. um, and I think that's where we get your favorite the, the lines. Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then he decides, oh, because it also was a closed casket. Yeah. So we also get your other favorite moment. I think moment. this might be my favorite <laughs> scene favorite in the whole scene. Where goes, I come from. Where I come from. We always open the casket so you can see the people before they go, you know? Yeah. Um, and there's, just as a separate thing, there's a sketch that I love that somebody wrote at, uh, the comedy bar but they have a whole sketch called goodbye smooches <laughs> and it's this whole concept of like oh we got to give goodbye smooches <laughs> we need all these times for goodbye smooches at funerals and this is a mind of this is like oh yeah he's gonna go kiss his uncle on the lips for some goodbye smooches <laughs> but he opens the casket and he just pops up like a like, like a don't wake daddy box. like don't yeah. wake daddy <laughs> that's a great analogy like literally like that like he's at a 90 degree angle <laughs> still frozen solid still frozen, ex- still except still at the waist for whatever reason yeah. Where he's able to pop up. <laughs> but yeah, it's exactly like you last saw him on top of the mountain, cleaning for his life on the peak, like arms up. I think in like movie time, it's been like two, three days. <laughs> yeah. And Adam Sandler, he's like wrestling him back, and he says, "Wow, he's still yeah. really frozen." <laughs> snaps his arm off. Like. Yeah, yeah, like tries shutting it, and like the fingers get caught in the casket. Um. Uh, so, of course, that later gets... I don't think the news, like, the, the, the baddie news, the inside access people even... Like, that was just broadcasted. People could saw, like, ah, that wasn't great of you to do that. But, yeah. you know, the next thing I see is that he gets a call from the football guy again. Mm. Um, saying, like, I reconsidered your offer. I will just not quit. Um, and then we also get his dad on the phone. Or the, he... the TV dad from uh, from Boy Meets World, oh, Sean's oh, dad. You know everyone. Hey, I was yeah, mostly a '90s kid. So, but then he learns that oh, his son. But yeah, I think that's what the humorous like. Oh, we got his dad on the phone. Like he's in trouble now. Like mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta remember your small town roots. You gotta remember how you were raised. Mm-hmm. Where I come from. <laughs> Because the dad wanted to like apologize and like right. thank him for giving his son a, a second chance, a, or... a, 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 a brought him back down to reality. Right, gave taught him a lesson. Yeah, um, and then that's where it slips out. Oh, he swore in front of a lady, and we get uh, the belt whipping, and he shouts, "No, daddy, no!" Which. Yep. 
I bet I bet that was phone. funny in 2002. Can't say it's funny now. I don't think it was ever really I mean, funny, but you know, it's the it's a reoccurring. You know, I mean, it's an Adam it, uh, Sandler thing. I mean, uh, you know, it's in uh, uh, you get the same gag in a Christmas story when the the kids swear and he rats out uh, one of his friends so he doesn't get in trouble and. You get you can just hear over the phone like the mom beating him, screaming at the top of her lungs. Like I can't like say a... I love can't say I love child abuse though. <laughs> no, but it's definitely. I know uh, it's it's a thing that people like, have experienced. Uh, also, just a joke, which yeah. is not necessarily unique yeah. to Adam Sandler media, right. but just comedy of right this period. So I guess if we're, if we're picking at jokes out, it's one of those jokes where it's like, it's if we're going to do it, it's been done. We don't really need to do this joke anymore, though. You know, yeah. like, what's it really doing? You know, he has a date with Babe. So they go on a second date. Mm. Is this where he takes her to, well, to her town, things. right? No. Mm. This is, they're riding bikes through New York oh, City. Yeah. Oh, wait, was that actually, that might have been the original, were they, were they both on bikes? Mm-hmm. Okay, they both yeah. run bikes. Um, they stop at like a water fountain or something. They're talking. He's asking more about her though. Yeah. And this is where she he asks her like, "Oh, well, where did you grow up?" And she says, "The classic line. I did watch the trailer later. This definitely played a big part." She goes, uh, "She grew up in Winchesterton Fieldville, Iowa." Yeah. Didn't come out so smoothly in the beginning. Her stumbling over her yeah, words, trying to think of a fake name fast enough. Yeah. Um, and so she makes up some stuff about herself, like, oh, she's a school nurse. But she does, you know, slip in some real stuff, like her guard's a little lower. She's like, oh, I really wanted to be a reporter growing up, though. I had this, like, Holly Hobby notebook I wrote all my stuff in. So, you know, she's kind of mixing some real stuff with her, but she definitely is, you know, making a fake persona for him to love. And then all of a sudden, some fire trucks go by, and he goes, oh, there's a fire. We gotta go help. Which is different than the original Mr. Deeds, where he's just like... Oh, I want to go see how they do it, and somehow he gets involved. Well, because he's a he's a fire chief, a volunteer fire chief in both versions. Right, but in the his I guess his literal words were, and the Mister Deeds goes to town was, I want to see how they do it, like in New York, you yeah. know, versus my small town. But then because he jumps on the truck, they're like, Oh, you just must be one of us. Yeah, just, you're on board now. Well, no, he says in the original that he's okay. uh he's okay. a fire chief, but okay, but yeah, he does just okay. help himself. Yeah. Was he in the Mr. Deeds, like the Adam, was he also actually a fire person? Yeah. Oh, I did. I thought he was just doing that. says the same, like, it's like the same line, same setup. Weird. Okay. In both versions. Um, But they go to a fire where we see, like, an apartment is on fire, and uh, there's a lady who needs to jump out the window to a trampoline, but she won't until all of her cats have been out of the apartment. So he just starts parkouring up the, the building. Right. Not only parkouring, but when they ask how he's doing that, the best thing any of the firefighters can guess is that he has monkey blood in him. <laughs> like, <laughs> must have monkey blood in him. Like, <laughs> it's the only way he's able to, to conceivably scale this apartment building. <laughs> Uh, but he then <laughs> more comedy ensues because then we get a like series of him throwing cats out onto a trampoline and then them like bouncing off into various uh, people and or everybody out saving them like yeah. really bringing the community together together yeah. to save these seven cats mm-hmm. and of course the last cat is like on fire he's grabbing <laughs> it by the tail 
And then, so we'll also get one last final thing where then now he has to convince the lady to jump on the trampoline and they do it, but they're too heavy together and they kind of bounce up. At first I thought we we're going to get a Simpsons gag where have you seen that one where it's like Homer or is it Ned Flanders or Homer, but somebody like, please save land on the, I don't I can't remember what it is, but it's something like if somebody prays to God and is like, please let me land on the trampoline, jumps out the second story, lands on the trampoline, then flips back into the first story where it's still on fire. <laughs> I thought we were going to get that. That would have been better. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they bounce off the trampoline and then when they come down the second time, they punch through it into the ground and then we get, oh, a very, so, it's so funny of... She's on her back, and Adam Sandler's character is on top of her in between her legs. Uh, um, but she's so grateful because both her and her cats came out alive. I don't think that was really meant to be, like, that funny. Because, like, that comes up later. They, like, re-edited the it thing. to, like, They edited it to be as... Uh, it was rape scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? That's yeah. well they edited it, which is very awful. To make yeah. him look bad. Right. Because I think that's the next scene we cut to after this scene. Because then he doesn't remember... Oh, because she disappears and he goes home and he sees, he's on the news the next day. Um, and same thing. They cut apart and re-edited this whole thing to make it look like he was the bad guy of... He's throwing cats out the window. Yeah. He's... Uh, with their other things too, I don't know, but yeah, clearly that part where they also edited her going like, no, you know, just yeah. very. That was part was kind of yucky to me, even if it was whatever. I know it was fake, but it just was like the re- if that was a reality, that's messed up that they would broadcast it like that. But right, they're they're really trying to pin him as a. What's the what's the purpose of this? Inside Access is purposely doing this because they just think it's a better story to sell. Yep. I mean, you know, if you got a new hotshot and everybody was so wrapped up nationally into who was going to inherit all of this money and this media co- corporation, and now the head of the corporation is here and it's yeah some fool from right. outside of town who's going around this throwing cats out windows and... Yeah. Potentially raping women and, you know, and doing well, other they know sorts he's not of doing uh, that, but unsavory right. things, you know. I, right. I mean, that stuff sells. I, right. I mean, we, our news still relies on stories like that 24-7. So, yeah. yeah, the 24-hour news cycle is really damaging. <laughs> um, so what, just because we're talking about the compare contrast, it's almost, so in the original, it's really played up, like, how damaging these news stories are like he's the laugh of town everyone you know like he can't go anywhere without being recognized and being like made fun of or whatever versus like it's not really that big of a deal it's just kind of kind of just gets yelled at of like you're ruining the company stocks you're you know like well in the in the original too though like they have an entire third of the movie dedicated to using these as like justification to steal the business away from him. Right. Like they have, uh, they play a big important part. Whereas right. this is this is two separate people are trying to get things from Mister Deeds. Yeah. They separate it out because this people just are spilling in him for a good news story, and then the company's trying to screw him out. But like right in the original, yeah. they are kind of they end up being the same thing. Yeah, a little it's bit. the same. They stole the new scene to be like, no, you're insane. Yeah. And also, you can't separate those in this version, or in, well, you just can't separate them because if Babe isn't working for that news company undercover, then what they she never doing? meet. Right. Yeah, they never meet. So right. they had to keep it, even though it has no, no relevance to the this yeah. new version. 
It's just like another thing on top of everything else. Then we get a great, I love the scene. Uh, instant, they're on computer suddenly. Now these instant messaging with Jan <laughs> yeah. from back home. Right. Like they're on a little like aim window. Right. Um, and so, you know, they're, you know, they're sending us some back and forth. He's telling about New York and she's giving him support. And then, uh, is it Steve Buscemi or who? No, it's the no. other guy. Yeah, I don't know. The his, pizza I delivery can't remember guy. his name. But he gets on, you know, says some very raunchy stuff about what he needs to do to the news reporter, um, which is, it's, just, it's, it's all right. <laughs> yeah. The middle of this movie gets pretty boring, yeah. I feel like. Yeah, they just kind of, they're just kind of going through the motions to get to the end. Yeah. So I think around here is kind of where we, we start deviating. Because I think in the original, about this time, is where it's like... He's, he's, Mr. Deeds is turning into one of the New Yorkers, you know, like, he's not giving, he does, people just want his money because yeah. they want a free handout and stuff like that. Um, he's, he's laying down stuff, you know, before it was like, he wanted to save, oh, in the very beginning of that movie, or when he first arrived in New York, you know, they're walking through all the finances, and it's like, why do I have to, this opera loses money, like this opera theater loses money, why do I put money into it? Like, something must be wrong there because I could spend that money better elsewhere. But you know, that, that slowly is already trickling to like, you know, just he doesn't want to give money to anything. Yeah. Um, versus uh, Adam Sandler still just going strong. He's hugging everyone, yep. punching everyone. <laughs> yep. <laughs> still trying to court babe. Yeah. And they go yep. on their last. Uh... No, uh, next up is the tennis match. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, oh, and he also doesn't want to... Where We find out they're having a business conversation over tennis between mm-hmm. uh, Longfellow Deeds and the businessmen After of meeting Blake Media. John McEnroe. After meeting John McEnroe, right. Oh, that's right. After the drunk night, and he's like, well, he made it seem like tennis was so easy. He said it was like no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> but he is a natural, and he's just like whipping this tennis ball at the like main bad dude yeah. uh, of the company. Um, but he's he's revealing to them, like, he actually doesn't want to sell shares. He wants to stay here and, like, you know, try and help run stuff. You know, like he, he doesn't want to leave, though. You know? Yeah, he wants to keep the business. Right. He's in love. He's, you know, he's having a great time. He doesn't want anything to change. And Marty's in disguise. Right. He's the ball boy. I don't even think I might have realized that. Yeah, because he's, uh, he's the ball boy. <laughs> And um, because now he's got a, you know, his, right. uh, a wrench in his him. plans. And I did realize, like, why does this guy have such a weird fake facial hair? <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize, like, I knew something he's, was off, but I didn't realize what was off. He's undercover so many times <laughs> in this movie. He's just, like, sometimes Adam Sandler people just look like that, like characters yeah. in his movies. They just look weird. And then he somehow writes in Sharpie, even though he's just in the middle of the uh, tennis court. <laughs> like, yeah. see me in the shower because yeah. I've got info on deeds. And then we get a scene where, like, it's, you know, like, this scene has been seared into my brain since childhood. The shower scene? Yeah, he's just rubbing his butt the entire time. They're, like, talking their terms of their their shady partnership. I mean, just, you know, finally, a guy who washes their ass. (laughs) Thoroughly. (laughs) Thoroughly. (laughs) To the point where the other bad guy has to ask him to stop Stop. soaping his butt. (laughs) It's kind of funny, you know? It's been seared There's seared into my brain. It's funny seeing the common thread of already not even seeing that many Adam Sandler movies, but I'm like, you love the fire department. You love people naked in the shower. 
<laughs> you love pizza? <laughs> like, oh, well. You can see it all coming Everyday together. people stuff, you know? Yeah. He was trying to make a deal with someone about Intel. Yeah, so um, this is where the inside access works with the company. Right. To get to, it out. To finally, and that's when they re-edit that stuff. Right. From the fire. Correct. That's the deal. And they make a handsome payout. Uh, and while that's happening, now we get their quote-unquote last date mm. um, where uh, Babe and Longfellow go to where else? See, oh, they get on a private plane, and she doesn't know where they're going. And then they land, and they are in Winchester Tinfieldville, <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> Which is very. I like the. I think I this is pretty it. funny. I, I, I think this whole, whole thing. thing is pretty funny. And everything that because she, she made you know she was just making stuff up and they're visiting it. He forces her to go to some like little corner shop. He's like, look who it is. It's uh, I forgot what her name was. Like Gwen something. Yeah, something um, like that. Some fa- she had she had a fake name she was giving, and then no one I know recognizes her and then they're like oh wait one guy does though he's like oh you were that girl with the hunch <laughs> so she has to lead yeah. into it he's like oh you had a little hump he's like no 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 you <laughs> you had a big hump <laughs> and they're like oh I thought she died <laughs> yeah. just taking on taking on an, another identity for the sake yeah. of keeping her real identity yeah <laughs> But she, you know, she she handles it with grace, kind of, in my opinion. She just takes it, and he's like, yep, uh, but I got a surgery. I'm all fine now. Goodbye. And Thanks leave. for bringing it up. Yeah, I'm very sensitive <laughs> about it. Uh, so they leave, um, and then they kind of walk around town a little bit. And, of course, they must find what is her childhood home, because it's exactly as she made up of, it's like, a big house with a red door and a tire swing. And yep. So he goes, oh, we must go inside. <laughs> There's just three kids inside. Right. No parents. <laughs> no parents. Just let some two strangers in. Um, and there's Charlotte House. And then they, you know, say like, yeah, daddy built this house six years yeah, this... ago. <laughs> she goes, well, your daddy's a liar. Yeah. I did kind of think this was That's fun. Like, like this kid is like, you're a liar. My daddy built this with his own hand six years yeah. ago. <laughs> And, and then the other ones start choking. Oh, yeah. And, and then she's pretending those... to be a school nurse, but right. doesn't know how to Have do that. CPR. So ends up, like, getting his face smacked on the stairs. Yeah, so railing. she just starts, like, lifts him up and just starts, like, banging him on the banister. Well, she's so trying to, like, do the, do the Heimlich, Heimlich poorly and yeah. ends up, like, smashing his face into yeah. the banister. But and... she does get the piece out, and, and she's and very tooth. surprised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... There is something about, like, Adam Sandler's comedy about, like, yelling at children. Not even yelling, but there's something, you know, that little exchange of, like, your daddy's a liar. You're just saying something <laughs> awful to a child. Right. It's, like, not it's great, but it always is a little funny. It always is a little funny. Yeah. I mean, Adam Sandler didn't say it this time. But, right. like, in previous movies, like, his characters are always supposed to be kind of shitty man-children who have to, like, have Deal some sort these, of yeah. growth and kind of enter adulthood, so... Yeah. I think that's why. Oh, that's they, right. They Babe has the one to grow. Babe's yeah. the one that needs to grow in this movie. She needs to yeah. figure her shit out. That is interesting. I Which have not had that end. thought. Yeah, Adam Sandler is, like, perfect. He was, he was perfect, and he didn't have to go anywhere. Everyone else is just coming up to his level in this yeah. movie. It's everyone else's character's arcs. And shortly after this scene, you know, we get... Oh, we what? also get their kiss. Their first kiss happens uh, here. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but then go ahead. And then sorry. and then he decides he's going to propose after I think three oh, days. Yeah. Um, after knowing her, which I mean, I think there's been engagements he's... just as fast in yeah. Frank Capra movies. And, yeah. You know, 
like the original, so it's fine. Yeah. It tracks for the source material. But, yeah. I thought uh, the same thing, but I'm like, you know what? I, I get why they're, why this happened. Like, because he, he feels also like this. He doesn't have much experience with the relationships. So to him, he's like, this must be it because. Yeah, it's been perfect so far. Right. I can't believe it's going to go bad after three days. Right. <laughs> but then it goes um, bad at the proposal. Oh, well, hold on. I, I have one note. This is the first time in an Adam Sandler rom-com where I'm like, first time I understand someone, like a character loving Adam Sandler. <laughs> Normally, he's just <laughs> such a jackass in these movies. Like, this is the one where I'm like, I get it. He's a sweet guy. He's, yeah. He climbs. He's got monkey blood, you know? <laughs> He's really good, good at guy. climbing walls. <laughs> <laughs> but right, so this is also where Babe realizes um, she she's in love with him too. Mm-hmm. Like she's and she wants to come clean. So she goes tells her boss, which bad idea. I really thought they were gonna like kidnap her or something, being like we can't let this happen, you know? Yeah. But they just kind of let her go. Yeah. They're like, okay, you got you do you, babe, you know. I mean, um, it doesn't matter if they ruin her life, too. I mean, they spin it into the story. It just was a thing of, right, so they, they use that against her. Yeah. Because they have the blackmail on her as well. But I, I really thought that, like, she was going to get held up and, like, he was going to get stood up for the proposal. I thought that's how mm. that was going to get played out. Like, she didn't really care. But, no, uh, this kind of is a little bit like how to lose a guy in 10 days. Like, that was kind of, like, her, not for Adam Sandler's, but just maybe, maybe it's just because she's a person working in the media, and she's kind of just straining a guy along for her own yeah news purpose her gain. Career. Right. With the full intent to, like, get rid of him at the end of it, but then she really ends up falling for him. It just kind of is a nice, like, I like that movie. Yeah. Ladies, go ice yourselves, you know? Like, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> but then we get to the, the proposal scene, mm-hmm. uh, which he... So does he just own a basketball team? Because that's why we have multiple sports things. I mean, he, he owns, owns a football team. Right. Well, we're in a basketball court uh, it's here. Because it's New York. Right? New York. I love New York. Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, he's I, rich. He can have yeah. it in a basketball. Yeah, he court. can definitely afford renting out At a basketball arena. At Madison Square arena. Garden. Is that what want. it was? I'm assuming so. I'm assuming that's what it was supposed to be. I don't know I if they actually say. Is Madison Square Garden a basketball arena? I guess I don't know. It's just I, where I Lady Gaga performs yeah, to Yeah, I know that's where, like, the hockey team plays. I guess okay. I just assumed that's where all of their indoor sports teams... I don't know. I don't watch sports. Yeah. He's rented out a full basketball court. He has, like, a beautiful table set up in the middle. I, I really like... So he, he has a giant vase of roses. And I really like... Because, you know, he sits down. He's trying to walk it through in his mind of, like, how this is going to go down. And he realizes the vase of flowers is too big. So we ask for... Smaller flowers. Ask if there are any. <laughs> he lifts it up. And <laughs> there's a smaller one right behind him. <laughs> small one right there. And then I don't know if you caught it. He there's like cart next to him of other various size <laughs> yeah. flowers at other heights. Yeah. And he like pulls it away. I really liked it. I think it's just a so, great a good touch. Just a great. So right. So he's gonna propose, and then he has Emilio Lopez sit in like the little butler, mm-hmm. and to just you know kind of pretend to be her, so he can say what he wants to say and kind of run it through before she shows up. Um, he has her like slouch and everything. So one thing that I think I realized, so because this also not in a basketball court, but they do the same thing in the Mr. Deeds mm-hmm. Goes to Town. Um, but I think that almost was funnier when the butler was doing the stand-in because I think he really got into the role um, versus like here it's just kind of like played you know, just kind of straight. Yeah, it's and quite... then it's, it's a, there's a feet fetish joke. Yeah, at the end, and then you know? it devolves into him 
as her asking to see his feet. Right. I think because that character in the original Mustard Deeds, like, wasn't as goofy the whole time. It was, like, a serious butler. Like, right. Like they that... weren't trying to be friends. Like, they still right. had that, like, so social you got... class wall. And I think that's why it was funnier, because you get that little break of him, like, getting so, like, professional, you know, trying to do a thing. Mm-hmm. But it's funny of him being in a role like that. Versus for Emilio, it's not not that it wasn't funny, but it just wasn't as funny as the original, that scene, because we've already seen him do a bunch of goofy stuff. He just, you know, it didn't land as much. Yeah. But that's the nature. Like, th- th- these are just different types of comedies, you know? Like, this is like, you know, there's a... Adam Sandler movies kind of do a quantity over quality, you know? Yes. <laughs> In a way that sometimes makes what could have been a big punch... Uh, not as funny because they had to pick up little tiny jabs on the way there, so you're already a little bit laughed out, you know? Yeah. Um, but then tragedy happens because they pull up the news on the big arena screen <laughs> in the middle, whatever, the, the Jumbotron. Yeah. Um, it's inside access. Yep. Can you believe it? So what was what was the specific one? Because it's they Like, I knew it was and, the babe reveal. And, like, and Marty also, Marty's it? also there. Marty's uh, disguised as the guy running... The lights and video. Oh, right. Um, and it was really just the story was that their top reporter got too close and fell in love. And how that, like, they had to, like, let her go or something. Because that, like, you don't have, like, uh, ruins the integrity of their their. Oh, their, their journalistic standards right. is, like, the way they're spinning it. And really, they're just doing it to ruin both his and hers if I was someone Life. at home watching this, I don't know if I'd give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> this I is believe. just there to ruin their lives. Yeah, I think it was like the big, because now the guys who want the company and the Hollywood Access people, Inside Access, um, are now working together at this point. Yeah. And so I think they're really just trying to ruin break him. They want to his break and him. hers. Their relationship ruin him, so he leaves and yeah. sells all of his shares. Right, and Babe walks in, of course, she sees this all happen too, and she goes, no, I can explain, I came here to explain to you, but it's too late, the damage is done. Mm-hmm. Right, so he goes and immediately sells his shares and also donates like $40 all of billion dollars to, the... to a charity whose name I don't want to say, because I don't really know. If it's it's a real. It's a real charity yeah. like that? Okay. I kind of questioned if it was a questionable nope, Adam Sandler joke for a minute. <laughs> nope, it's a real one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a very old one with arguably an outdated name, but... Yeah. I think I'm so used to there being a lot of racist stuff on these movies that anytime there's like a little glimmer of it, I'm like, is that it poking out? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think most of... I'd be willing to bet that most of the racism comes from, uh, what's his face there? Oh, I know. Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider. Yeah, yeah you're right. It's always Rob Schneider. Yeah, and he's also just... I might say this for a shit. post. Uh, <laughs> after me and Riley recorded, we went through his IMDb and just looked at roles he's played, and just by the names alone, oh, it's, yeah. like, awful. Yeah. Huge Trumper. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's an anti-vaxxer? Not, yeah, we kind of, yeah. yeah. I think I think Adam Sandler and him have like parted ways. Yeah, I don't think he. I don't think, I don't think he's in any together. of the Netflix movies. No. Anyway, uh, so he right so forty billion dollars and then he, he's going home. So Adam Sandler, you know, just heartbroken. He feels like he's been made a fool of. He's been used. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he goes back to Winchester Falls, goes back to the pizzeria, and he just starts tearing down the cards. Yeah. And it's breaking everyone's heart, too, to watch him do it. It's his first breakup. Yeah. And he was going to propose. Yeah. Like, that's huge. That's, that's, he thought that was the love of his life. Like, um, imagine your first breakup in middle school where you were just going to propose. It's about where he's at. Right? Yeah. Emotionally, developmentally, <laughs> middle school love. You exchanged promise rings and <laughs> didn't go through what? I wrote you three whole notes. We spoke once. <laughs> How could you do this to me? But Babe follows him to Winchester Falls. Yeah. Because she's really in love with him and she wants to, like, come clean, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, But in order to do that, uh, she has to go through Pam. Or... Jan, sorry, I keep calling her Pam. Her name is Jan. So Jan tells her that, you know, like she really messed up. She really hurt him a lot. If she'll only tell him where he is if she, you know, she has to get through him. So, you know, we get some lady fighting this time. <laughs> some, 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 uh, some good old fashioned pizzeria wrestling. Yeah. Some clotheslines. Some yeah. people through the tables. Right. And then it ends up with Babe doing like a two-legged kick (laughs) where she's basically horizontal going through the air straight in the pan or jan oh my goodness some raw pizza dough gets tossed onto one of them the other right oh that's right and then i'm sorry she ends up with the pizza in her face and instead of taking off she just opens a mouth (laughs) hole and some eye holes and just lives with it on her face talking through it like that the, the, this the, movie's not the, I think for all Adam Sandler comedy like this one's like pretty safe you know it's a I, very safe movie yeah. in ways it's like it's just goofy it's just dumb it's dumb humor and I think some, sometimes it's just nice it's I, fine I remember the part where Winona Ryder has been knocked down a couple times and is like on the ground oh, and she starts kicking Jan, Jan. I didn't want to say Pam. Jan in in between the legs numerous times. Oh, yeah. And she pretends to be hurt, and then she laughs and says, it would be different, but I don't have balls. Yeah. And so it was, like, just, like, immune to it and yeah. continues on. I remember that scene being a classic back in the day. Was always got people to laugh. That kind know. of happens not a lot, but, you know, like, that's not the first time that joke has been made. Yes. But I will say, if I ever got kicked in <laughs> my coochie, it's going to hurt. Anybody, it's going right? to hurt. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I'd be as taken aback as <laughs> if I had something else down there. Yeah. But, like, it still would hurt, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Jan's just really tough. Yeah. Right? She is. She is tough. She- and then we cut to, uh, so I think Longfellow must be over with Crazy Eyes, Steve Buscemi. Mm-hmm. And also, we're talking about anytime we've seen Crazy Eyes, Steve Buscemi, I hate calling him that, but that's his character's that's name, his... Crazy Eyes. It's always very quietly playing in the summertime. Mm. I think it's Mumbo Jumbo, or it's very something close to that. Mumbo Jerry. Mm. Mumbo Jerry's in the summertime. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed that. I did summer, not notice like, it. <laughs> like there's something that's like you know very implying that he's like a hick you know yeah i just love that uh anytime he's uh he's on screen other than when he thinks they're watching scooby-doo he thinks that either the mailman's an evil wizard casting a spell or or the stock guy he constantly watches the stock channel oh, yeah. because he thinks he's an evil leprechaun and nobody oh, else yeah. can see it like also going to cast a spell on him <sighs> Do you know what's kind of about that character, though? It's just, like, he's played, you know, to kind of be, like, crazy and insane or whatever. But it's, like, 
he literally is like can tell like he's a good judge of character like he yeah. can tell like who can you trust and who can't you trust because he can immediately suss out the business people he didn't like them stock people or whatever but mm-hmm. like i think for everyone else like any time someone's come through like he can trust Longfellow. i think even like babe yeah. you know yeah i think it's like i think it's kind of you know uh steeped in that stereotype of you know like small every small town has kind of like your village person who everybody deems crazy or or weird or is an outsider of some sort but is usually the nicest and also you know like the smartest and wisest person even though they technically don't fit in i think it's kind of playing that to an an extreme level right this is like sandler comedy so right this is this movie's version of like the two ladies that we saw in the trial of mr deeds goes to town where it's like if you really talk to this guy all the time and you know like you know what he's saying you know what he means but if you're an outsider you're like you're just saying wild stuff you know (laughs) like but he's also presented as smart because he also was like oh yeah all of your stocks got sold they're stealing yeah yeah, he breaks the news at the company they're they they're They're selling the company uh everyone like a million people are gonna lose their jobs like warns him that this is about to happen even though that's probably not like what's stated on the news he's like oh yeah like that's just gonna happen happen. they sold all the stocks to this one guy so you right. better go save that company. No, it is the same. Well, even if the news happens shortly after, but, like, we do get a clip of the news reporter breaking oh, the news. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's And then he right. literally goes, oh, no, that includes me. This sucks, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like... <laughs> Announcing his own, his own termination. <laughs> yeah. Babe shows up. She's trying to run to him, but she falls through the ice. This is the real damsel in distress mm-hmm. moment. Adam Sandler rides his pizza bike over <laughs> in the snow. And we get the classic, you know, so she's falling through and she's trying to explain. She's like, oh, I'm so cold. Save Mm -hmm. me. And we get the classic. Even though she does it, we then get Adam Sandler doing the classic, his stutter, where he's like, I don't even know what he says. but Bullshit. Yeah. Gotta have that. What a staple. So at first he doesn't believe her. He thinks this is just a ruse. He's like, where's the cameras? Whatever. But then she goes even more into the ice and you realize, oh no, she's really in trouble. So I don't know how that happens, but she ends up on the other side of the pond somehow. Well, like an undercurrent. It's an undercurrent. Okay. Carries her away down the river. You know, goes to never part. So now she's under the ice. He has to break through the ice. So he gets out his... his, Dead foot. His rotten foot. <laughs> and I, I look around he says, here comes the black foot. And then he punches it through the ice. And then she grabs onto his nasty He's like, foot. I know it's gross, but you just got to do it. Yeah, like, and he pulls her out, which is, there's a million other ways you could have done you that. You could have left your boot on. <laughs> yeah. would, have, would have been probably a little bit safer yeah. for everybody. But <laughs> You know, can't hurt it. <laughs> got to really get our mileage out of this <laughs> foot <laughs> prosthetic. <laughs> And then he rescues her, and I really like the scene. I forgot this even happened, but then you know she does the full look, like I'm really in love with you, whatever. And the other one, she says, "I love you," and then he says, "I don't even know who you are," and like walks away, like he saves her, like he's done with her. I think that's really valid, and that's like a really good movie choice of like, that's real, Yeah. yeah, like. You, you, she learned all you could about him, but like, he doesn't know anything about her. And then the movie shifts, and it's not about Adam Sandler anymore or Mr. Deeds. We get like this, like, sad yeah. 90s, early 2000s montage of Babe to figuring out who she is and yeah. like soul searching, and it like becomes about her. And like, yeah. <laughs> we don't even like see him for because, like, like ever. <laughs> like, yeah. She's like, oh wow, I don't even know who I am. Like, yeah. 
Which is kind of like I said, like, Mr. Deeds doesn't have... It's so funny they don't call him Mr. Deeds at all throughout this movie. Deeds are Yeah. Um, like, he's he has no room to grow as a character. He's yeah. perfect from day one. It's everyone else has to come up to his level. That's right. Which is why we break out. America. That's, yeah. that's your ideal man. Yeah. <laughs> Adam Sandler. <laughs> yeah. But, right, Blake and Mita off the company, so I think you're right. While Babe does some soul searching, he goes back to New York because he bought one share of a stock... And he's like, and it's the shareholders meeting where they're going to vote on whether to like sell it all and everyone's going to get really rich off of it. And he said like, you said that anyone (laughs) can come to this meeting and has their say. I don't really know if that's, that might literally be true, but that seems, I don't really think it's how those meetings work. I mean, I I think it was kind of like, how can we uh, take, well, how can we take from the, because that was like a whole thing too, is anybody in the court hearing? At the trial, oh, right. could have their say because they wouldn't let Babe speak because she's a woman. Well, she was being hysterical, and she's so a woman. yes, and well, and also they were yeah. like they knew that she could ruin the defense, so yeah. they purposely got her upset, and because yeah. she's a woman, yeah, because she's <laughs> a woman. But uh, you know, so that like becomes a whole recurring thing where the judge is always like, yeah, as long as you're. Calm down. Everybody in this room Can will get a chance say. to speak their okay. mind. So that, that's kind of what I just assumed it was. Okay. I agree. I, like, I, didn't, I don't think. I didn't think about that. Okay. I don't think that. This I, is I, a better I, version of that. Yeah. Then. I don't think it works. Okay. No. But well, this, <laughs> this is, is better than cool, that yeah. reality. Okay. But then also question, how do stocks work? Like if you just get rid of a... Like, you just sell a company? I just guess I don't know how um, business works. Like, I, if Disney just was like, you know what? We didn't need all the money we possibly can, and we're going to sell Disney off, I, and we're all going to get really rich. But Disney doesn't just disappear, right? Like, somebody mm, else bought, you know, somebody it, else I mean, might depends. buy it. So, like, when, I guess to use your analogy, when Disney bought 20th Century Fox, they had to, one, divide the company up because legally they couldn't also own Fox News since they already own ABC News mm-hmm. and as a company a conglomerate you're not allowed to own more than one news company so they had to like cut out some of that so that's why they didn't like get Fox News and I but think they cut out some of the other ones necessarily disappear like you're changing ownership right sometimes but like I guess I just never thought of like, we, like it de- you know, depends like depends on how big it is, you know. This is already so I'm, I'm trying to go up as far as the chain, which is why I said Disney. So like I can't say ESPN because they're owned by another company. They're owned yeah. by Disney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, like again, like I just don't think you could sit one day and be like, "We're done. We're selling everything off." Because who's buying? So that? I guess I like. Just, Think of, like, the tech company, like Facebook, for example. Right. Like, they buy, or like Google, they buy their right. competitors, or if they want a piece of tech. But they don't disappear. Well, they do. Know? Well, I, kind of. I mean, the, that AR, VR, uh, the Oculus, Facebook bought that and then changed the name and put it under, like, the meta thing. Like, nobody... Right. I mean, I think they technically are still there, but we don't refer to, you know, Oculus, you know, VR right. glasses, headsets, you know, the same right. way. Like, they're... I guess... I guess this is gone. just a huge exaggeration then of like, because I'm sure we're doing those. Like, I'm sure some people are getting fired during these company yeah. changes. There's reorgs and everything, but it's not like overnight. Everyone sells their shares. The company disappears, and thousands of people are out of jobs. I just don't think it functions like that. But that's how the movie presents it to us. Well, I think like, that's what the bad guys are trying to do. Like they didn't have any intentions of running this media company. Right. They wanted to sell it. So that they can make the most amount of money and then right. live the rest of their lives as right. 
one percenters, you know. <laughs> right. I think it's just hard for me to wrap my brain around of like the way they're talking about it's like Blake Media will be no more. Yeah. Everyone's getting fired and this company will cease to exist within twenty four hours. Yeah. I don't think I, it works literally like that, but that's kind of I, how they, they presented it to us. Yeah. I think you're right. It's like it's more obscure than that, but I get for a movie you have to really have something more tangible. Mm, the stakes have home. to be high. Yeah. But it's a little it's a little weird you know, it's not I agree, because <laughs> like at this point, like it's kinda like supposed to be like cnn or fox news right. like some major something that media. just wouldn't disappear yeah. overnight yeah. like and then mr deeds kind of goes on a you know so he gets his two minutes to talk and he goes on talking about i don't really think this was a persuasive case that he made talking yeah. about how like you guys can't have all been this greedy your whole life it's like what did you want to be when you were a kid yeah i wanted to be a veterinarian i wanted to be a magician you know people are going through all this stuff i want to be a and then the same, like, what did you become, though? And, you know, people are saying, oh, it wasn't one guy. One guy wanted to be a veterinarian, but he turned out to be, like, a, a owned a bunch of uh, cow slaughterhouses. Slaughter yeah. You know, going back to, like, what did you really used to stand for? Like, what did you used to care about in life? And it kind of was an interesting thing that kind of was true to the original. Like, or maybe I'm extrapolating from both. But kind of in a thing of, like, all the jobs they listed are, like, real things that require labor. Like, you are the person performing the job you know like you are a magician you're doing the tricks you're a veterinarian you're on the floor taking care of animals but all the people they do today they're owners you know like they're just people that own stuff and mm -hmm. do stuff they're not really you know they're just there for the money or they're not really kind of doing stuff so they didn't really say that directly but just all the cases that they brought forward were like that which yeah. i thought was interesting I don't think they were making that case, but I think <laughs> it's very easy to extrapolate for yourself if you wanted to, though. Yeah. Being a, a, uh, a company owner right. just leads to being greedy and owning more companies. Right. Because what's happening in the counterpart, Mr. Deeds Goes to Town, is that they're putting Mr. Deeds in a trial for insanity because what he wants to do is he realized he has lost his morals because he a man at the end of his rope entered his home and yelled at him about feeding donuts to horses. You know, he's so out of touch with the reality. Like, people are literally starving, and he's crying about what, like the bullshit that he's got going on because people don't like you a little bit. Not only yells at him, but pulls out a gun. Oh, yeah. intent to shoot him. Yeah, he, he's ready to kill him, you yeah. know. Um, but the point was that, like, he's a, this really poor farmer. He's done it like his kids are starving, his wife is starving, he's starving. Just, again, he the depression. He can't work because it's the depression. <laughs> he says, all I want to do is work, and I can't work. And, uh, so I think there is, some, like, there is, like, some ties connected there. Mm -hmm. But then what he decides to do is he's going to open up, like, a huge... I don't think he was going to open up a farm, but he was giving us a bunch of, like, stuff to farmers of, like, I'm going to give you some seed, I'll get you some money, some land, whatever it was. Yeah, everybody starts with, like, 10 acres and right. seed and... If you keep it up for so much plow. time, you can keep it. But, you know, he was doing this for thousands of people. People were lined up at his house ready to take this. And they were scared because it was going to ruin the economy somehow? Um, no, they just wanted to keep the company and keep the money for themselves. That that mm -hmm. lawyer group Oh, because he was getting rid of all the... The yeah, company he, would have diminished if he did all that. Yeah. That's right. Because, well, because in this, he doesn't have, like, a company. Like, his his uncle, yeah, his uncle is just super The lawyers rich. are only in the job because he has such a huge estate. Yeah, and right. they just want his money. There's no business attached this time around. He's just right. a, a wealthy uh, world traveler. Right. But as long as he's wealthy, then they will be in the job because yes. they need someone to yeah. help manage it. And if they can and get they rid of it. And they also want it, too. Yeah. <laughs> they want the money directly themselves. 
Uh, we also get Janet. So everyone's you know saying what they wanted to be. Um, there's a lot of this happens in the movie. Jan shows up and says, I wanted to be a man. <laughs> Which is yeah. whatever. It's not, I don't think it's played maliciously, but it is just mm. one of those weird jokes that just kind of crop up in Adam Sandler movies. They're it's, there and then you go right past it. You don't dwindle on it. We don't linger. It, we say it and we move on. It's not punching down but also like not punching up either. Yeah, you're just, just well, you're just there punching and, the air. Yeah, like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so why I find this speech to be non-convincing is I just don't think reminding people they wanted to be as a kid would like turn a capitalist you know I don't I don't see Jeff Bezos being like oh yeah maybe I will give workers a bathroom break you're right right I liked going to the bathroom when I was a kid (laughs) (laughs) right well it's like they're so like they have such a mindset they just couldn't be broken like like on a on a snap like like they're about to make so much money if they do this there's just so many arguments and I don't even believe in this being like you'd be like like just the people can change. That's a child's dream. There's very easy counter arguments here, you know? People can change. <laughs> used to be a piece of shit, but people can change. <laughs> <laughs> and he, and, but he does. He does. People are convinced. They're like, he's right. We're, we're not going to vote to say this because we'll, but then there's a plot twist. Uh, evil company man. We don't know this guy's name. Yeah, eyebrows. He's the guy. Eyebrows. <laughs> they even make fun of his eyebrows. Uh, he also somehow controls all the foreign investors' votes. Mm-hmm. Um, so now he actually has the majority. He has 51% of the vote, so it doesn't matter that he convinced the other 49% to vote with him because mm-hmm. he still has the majority and he's going to sell it off. But then Babe shows up and she's done some soul searching. <laughs> and some real journalism. And some real journalism. So she's she did the DNA test. She did some genetic things, but not really because she just read a journal. Yeah, um, <laughs> and checked with some ledgers. Sorry, this is different. So in this one, they the moment both happened where Mr. Deeds slides down the banister. Oh, yeah. Um, and in Adam Sandler, Mr. Deeds, because of that, he kind of ends up heading over a table that's like at the end of the banister. He breaks it open, and that's how he finds the journal. Is there even a journal in the this? Just they just stole that banister sliding scene. Yeah, yeah, there isn't just... even a journal. There is not mm-hmm. a moment like this. Yeah. It's just the insanity thing. Yeah, I think it's just taking uh, a kind of weird comedic uh, uh, yeah. scene out of this into it. I can older movie, that. Yeah, and, and then using it to create their new ending. But Babe says that she read the journal that Adam Sandler found through comedy and has discovered the rightful heir of the estates because there was not an affair because I don't think he was married. Just just a romp <laughs> many, many years ago. Consensual with, romp. Consensual romp uh, many years ago with one of the maids that cleaned his house. So Blake had a son from a maid. She died during birth. And, of course, the whole time, Emilio Lopez is saying, oh, I had my, that was my mother's name. And they say the birth, the, the day the baby was born. Oh, that was when I was born. So, sure enough, Emilio Lopez is the rightful heir. He is the direct son of Blake Media, <laughs> also <Yeah>. the company. <laughs> Um, so it's all the stuff that Adam Sandler did was null and void. Yeah. So the shares are, I guess, go to him. Yep. They can somehow take back the forty million dollars <laughs> from charity. Yeah, I didn't think about that. 
<laughs> that means the charity director who had a heart attack opening up that. for nothing. <laughs> Joke's on you. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, he fires off the baddies. They keep in the company. He's running it. Babe and Longfellow are kissing. We're wrapping up the movie. And, you know, Amelia's so grateful. He's like, you've not only, you know told me about like who I am you know you've changed my life you know now I have all this money and all this stuff um and he's like I have to repay you and Longfellow's like nope I need nothing I just want your friendship mm-hmm. well because he says in the beginning that he says in the beginning, all he's he like I'm your butler and he was like I don't that's not cool with you being my yeah. butler but we, we could be, be friends. friends right so it's all your friend but I just want your friendship and then you think they're gonna walk off and end the movie and then he goes what if I gave you one billion dollars He's and like, Lonfo's like, sure. And then everyone breaks out in applause and cheers. Um, and then that's not even the cherry on the cake. He then gets a, a call. Hallmark bought one of his cards. <laughs> right. <laughs> he made a card for um, Winona Ryder at some point. A poem. With a poem. He just wrote her a poem. But it was like on a card. Like in the original. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, right, it was a very, you know, heartfelt one. Um, and so they buy that card specifically. And we get a montage, you know, them reading over and everyone's crying about it. Everyone's getting the card. Um, and then we also cut back. I love this gag. <laughs> we cut back to Winchester Falls and the whole town is filled with the red convertibles. It's like on every parking lot, everyone's driving. You just bought it for the whole town. <laughs> the same sports car. <laughs> I love it. I think it's so funny. And then having crazy eyes drive at a like at a, at a dead end that feeds it where he has to turn either left or right, and even though those are way his eyes are pointing, just drive straight. <laughs> Which then, I think is where the movie ends, right? Yeah, it ends yeah, with and him then credits, and then credits roll. And I was willing to, like, it was just such actually a breather for an Adam Sandler movie. Like, there wasn't anything that was, like, there's always, I feel like, a part, and again, because normally there's Rob Schneider in these things. There's always a part where I'm like, this movie's, like, fine, or it's kind of, it, it could be funny, but there's always, like, that one bad part, you know? Like, there's always the, oh, but don't talk about that racist character or that questionable scene. This movie didn't have, a, like, any of that. It just kind of was, like, just like you said, it was a very safe movie in a yeah. way that kind of just was, I guess, refreshing for this. So I was willing to, at this point, give it four out of five stars. But then I watched the original Frank Capra, Mr. Deeds Goes to Town. And that one just had such, like, a the comedy was a little tighter. Mm-hmm. Um, they also, you know, kind of did make a stance. Like, they had a great, you know, politi- like, so I didn't, what I was going to say earlier was, I know the name Frank Capra, and I could tell, like, I didn't literally know but I could tell us from watching, like, oh, he made It's a Wonderful Life. This yeah. is that director. Like, I could just, the themes, everything else. So it just is kind of, you know, you get that nicer, you know, like, he's making some good things that I agree with in a way that is probably wouldn't be said right now, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he, um, yeah, so I think the original, I think that actually got him into some trouble because it is kind of, you know, like, anti-capitalist. Yeah. Like, still promoting, you know, at the same time, all work. of these, He's like, these Protestant yeah. work ideals that are yeah. so ingrained. It's true, right. Um, but at the same time, like, being like, hey, you know, maybe we can also help people out once in a while, not terrible. And yeah. the government was like, no, this is this is bad. And yeah. he got in some, some trouble. An important American director made, like, a, a, a screwball comedies, kind of, like, known for helping kind of create that genre which became rom-coms but in 30s america 
which oddly enough the remake of Mr. Deeds is more like this than his version of but, a screwball comedy yeah, yeah. where yeah. Um, the the male figure is sort of the one who you know has no growth usually and if they do very little and it's the woman who um, is really the main character and is like courting the male and it kind of like uh, uh, flips you know the the script and like has like that gender yeah. uh, reversal which you know like for 30s America is pretty yeah. 30s 40s you know it was pretty right pretty ahead of its time and has some pretty fun movies yeah like, again Bay was a way better character yeah. in Mr. Deeds Goes to Town like she was a very strong she was very like smart and like witty you know like yeah. she was way more fleshed out than Winona Ryder babe even though I yeah. love Winona Ryder you know <laughs> right. she just was fun too <laughs> but very different completely different characters yeah and kind of a weaker character I yeah think. would be yeah. probably okay oh I also done I think they watered her down um, and Mr. Deeds mm-hmm. a little bit because I think they really wanted you to forgive her at the end. Which yeah. you, I do think you will forgive Mr. and her and Mr. Deeds goes to town too. But because a lot of that, again, like it's, it's not like, oh, she's just doing this for the job. She kind of forgot her ways. It's kind of was like a, she she did all of that. Yeah. She was very aware of what she was doing, you she know. Was a piece like, of shit. Yeah, but she can change. Shit, but she can change. She's <laughs> a piece of shit, but you can change. And she also had to work a lot harder, which she did, which I think yeah. also makes, like, her ending and her growth at the end of the original, Even like, better. a lot more rewarding and satisfying. Yeah. Is literally, like, one of the bad guys and then realizes that this guy's probably one of the nicest people in America. And was like, wow, maybe, maybe yeah. I should be a little bit nicer. Even yeah. if he never forgives me again, I'm going to yeah. start doing the right thing. Yeah, I did, like, was it her line where she was, like, I would go to, like, the, like, I'll follow you for the rest of your days until you forgive me. Whatever it was of, like, yeah. it was just a lot more put together. I have I just wrote a very few notes from Mr. Deeds Goes to Town. Um, maybe just some other various fun stuff. If we want to now talk about Mr. Deeds Goes to Town proper. I love that Deeds played a tuba in the original. <laughs> right. Like, that came up a lot. That was the big right. thesis, too, of, like, yeah. the trial case was, like, he's insane because he plays a tuba while he thinks. Yeah. Like, oh that my. was, like, the big cornerstone of the case. Yeah. I also liked, um, sorry, does it about the tuba? Because you also played baritone in the band, right? No, uh, um, my wife did. My wife played tuba. Me and your wife. We're in the same club. But I do like how he said in the beginning, like, his, his mouthpiece just got in because the kids kept stealing <laughs> yeah. it to, uh, like, blow beans. <laughs> yeah, right. I was just like, like you don't need a, a, a tube of mouthpiece to do that. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, wow, why didn't I ever think of that? <laughs> <laughs> if if uh, your wife still has her baritone. We have a few. We have a few. Or even just the mouthpiece. You should try that yeah, out. You should try right. if you can get more distance on <laughs> blowing some beans. I had a school rental, so I don't have mine anymore. They also used a couple times in it the phrase, like, you yodel. Which is yokel. pretty fun. Yokel. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't, I think they do say yodel too. Yeah. yeah. Which is fun because that comes up and like, the, uh, for sure in click a couple times of like, he, he would call people like yodels, which I thought was like at the time <laughs> really? referring to like the hostess thing. Huh. <laughs> but I almost wonder if this is like, they just yeah. picked it up from some of these old movies. Yeah. Maybe. Mr. Deeds is also way more of a fool too. Like he's both like, both more preachy, but also like he's stupider too. Like yeah. he's very... He has, like, common sense, but also he's naive. I don't know. I thought I thought the original Mr. Deeds character was, like, really uneven. And I think I said this in the beginning, and I think that's kind of on purpose so that, you he know, can he can kind of it. be tainted yeah. by New York City. 
um, which was also a recurring theme in early cinema, being tainted by the big city. Oh. Yeah, we have an exploitation films there's a genre called like white slavery where you know the whole uh uh, the whole purpose of these were uh you know a a young girl would leave home for the big city and then get hooked on drugs and then become pregnant and then Mm. die (laughs) that's the whole just like uh based on like headlines and you know small town fears so i feel like it's kind of like tapping into that cultural piece of uh, our right, good small bad, town guy, small town good. yeah, Mr. Deeds is you know supposed to be this ideal right. nice guy, and then becomes tainted by right. by New York City and money, and then decides to give it all away. Um, Which but, to go back to another earlier point I made, they really romanticize small town and Mr. Deeds, yeah, um, like this Adam Sandler one, like they really really ramp up like how great these small town communities are you must really love your hometown and everything and yeah. everyone there's wonderful and it's like i don't know if that's always true for most people <laughs> no. i'm by no means a fan of my small town not that big cities are great either you know like everywhere has has strife and less so when mr deeds goes to town they almost poke fun of the small town a little bit especially yeah. in the trial because they again they bring in the two ladies and it's like you would call everyone pixelated you know you yeah. judge you're pixelated you know they're they're poking fun of their quirks yeah also i liked that he has to take out all the stuff that the newspaper reported on him throughout the things so you know, part of that was like he fed donuts to horses and he ran around naked saying come back to nature and he, you know, he had to be like oh i was just, just drunk yeah. so not only did they report that that's one thing to report him because he's a big guy but there was somebody else of like wasn't didn't your son like call a taxi cab and told the taxi driver to sit in the back seat while he drove it? And yeah, I'm like, who are these newspaper reporters? How are you one finding these stories and two printing it? Do we care about these? Like, I think it's funny when drunk people do stuff. If you're really drunk and do something funny, but is it newspaper worthy? Uh, you know, it was the depression. What else do we have to talk about? We have to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Anything to keep the papers going. <laughs> That 24-hour news cycle. (laughs) (laughs) And I loved Mr. Deeds Goes to Town. That movie ends, or at least they end the court scene, with one last big punch. I don't know who he he punched. He punched someone, though. Yeah. And it was, like, the one, like, yeah, he... Punches the lawyer. (laughs) Which, I mean, you know... Had it coming. (laughs) Yeah. But also, like, really foolish. I was like... Why are you gonna punch a Why are you gonna punch a lawyer in front of a federal yeah. judge? The other, I think, big difference of like these were very, very similar, like plot wise, character wise, goal wise. A lot of these scenes, you know, were very they deviate at times. Mm-hmm. But I think the big main difference, and you feel free to disagree, but I feel like the original Mister Deeds goes to town. Mister Deeds has a fight for change versus Mister Deeds. It's a fight to maintain the status quo. I guess what status quos are being maintained. I guess of, like, for the media conglomerate, it's not because it's either we're going to get rid of it, but it's like, no, we must maintain this company exactly as it is because otherwise people's jobs will be lost. I think that was, like, I think that was, like, more so because, I mean, at this point, you know, in 2002, like, we're already concerned about, you know, like, job loss, like... It wasn't too much later after this movie where, like, you get the classic South Park, they took her jobs thing, you know? Like, that was, like, culturally, we had, you know, everything related to post-9-11 and then also fear of everybody losing their jobs. So, you know, like, it was able to lean into that and kind of use that as a shorthand because culturally that's kind of Mm -hmm. what we are worried about. 
you know, where I don't think it was so much like we got to keep this media company alive is more so we can't let they gives like some sort of number like 50 million people right. are gonna like lose their jobs i think or i think that's what i'm saying like this is more of like in mr deeds goes to town it's like the farmers will become the owners i keep yeah. sorry to go back to this like, yeah. kind of kind of talk but it's like you know like they're directly putting their own livelihoods in their hands versus and i know like it's they're not i don't know saying the movie's not gonna tackle these <laughs> right. things but you know again it's more of like the please continue working for this media conglomerate exactly yeah. as it is we're not giving you the means of your on production you must just keep doing what you're doing yeah. we're just fighting to keep that versus mr deeds goes to town for the little more radical of like the the system's not helping you so i must help you yeah you know i mean i agree but i also like like all, i think everybody applying also were farmers and everything right. went bankrupt and they lost the farms so i guess like a different part of the process <laughs> a different yeah. point in the yeah. in the process but no i i i uh i think i agree i wrote a bunch of just general comedy thoughts of like the more i watch adam sandler movies mm. and especially i think it was great to see it compared to like the same comedy but played two different ways i think enlightened me um and i think i've said some of these the comedy definitely hit more in the original because we're not having all these smaller jokes in between you mm. know like it's funny when no, i'm trying to think of a single funny thing that happens like when he slides down the <laughs> banister even though that felt weird in that moment yeah but you know there wasn't a million other funny things happening right before and after that like so it kind of stood out of that mm. scene and right other characters are like played straighter like i said like the butler kind of you know man he was played straighter and mr deed so when you get that really funny moment with the proposal it comes off as funnier because we haven't seen him act like that yeah. you know versus like Emilio was always kind of funny and they're also the ones reacting to Dee's oddness you know like they're observing him playing as tuba and they're going like what do you mean you're worried about your hometown not having a tuba player and not you're inheriting this giant wealth yeah. they're actually reacting to it versus like in Adam Sandler movies Adam Sandler's kind of goofy and everyone is kind of like rolls with the punches you know of like ah whatever you know there's no like consequences of him being like silly yeah like like and literally in comedy be like there's no observer of like even though people are literally watching him nobody's reacting of like playing the straight man you know yeah which I think you know it can be whatever but I think that is the difference and why sometimes jokes don't land a Adam Sandler movie like there's no yeah observer reacting to the funny stuff it happens and then we go on yeah, totally. Oh, I think what also makes the Mr. Deeds goes to town, the betrayal even worse, is because, like, he literally was the laugh of town. Go anywhere, he's being recognized, people were making fun of him, and the only person who wasn't doing that was Babe, who was the one creating these articles that, like, that hurt way worse yeah. than, like, we don't really, like, you see, like, it didn't, the stakes weren't as high in, in Mr. Deeds, because, sure, they were publishing these things, you know, but, like, there's no other consequences so that even though like yeah that would hurt for him personally it wouldn't have hurt as bad the stakes were just lower i think like as a remake i think this movie is you know just like kind of okay it's fine right and i think we talked about that too how it's like a little bit more toned down and yeah. not as like leaning into the comedy style that was Adam Sandler in the 90s. Right. Like, this is... Uh, you know, like, this is yeah. this is clearly, like, a departure. And, like, in the same year, he also was in Punch Drunk Love. So, like, clearly kind of, like, changing a little bit in terms of how he presents himself and the right. roles that he, he's doing. I think his first movie was, like, in 89, right? Yeah. So, came up in the end of the 80s, really popular in the 90s. So, like, obviously, like, existing in those, like, two sort of decades already, even though 
he wasn't really a part of the 80s like still brought up like in that comedy scene um i don't know like like has like this like one style of comedy you know where he just plays like a immature man child and gets to do all of these right you know just kind of crazy like you said just like just kind of acting you know goofy and and always yelling and not to cut in no go ahead the thing that's different about mr breed is like he's still that weird screwball character but we don't hate him this time. Yeah, it's like he's, it's toned he's, down. He's goofy in a positive way, yeah. which is, I think, why I found this, I, of all the Adam Sandler movies, and there's not been a lot. This is probably the best one, though. Like, this is, again, like, there's very minimal jokes that were questionable. Mm-hmm. It just was, like, kind of refreshing. I'm just like, it was a safe comedy. He wasn't a jackass. <laughs> and yeah. this was, like, fun to watch, you know? I was willing to give it four out of five stars the first time. But after seeing the original, I'm like, oh, they probably could have done a little bit more. They played it maybe a little too safe. Yeah, and I don't know. Like, I, I feel like this is kind of like a half step between, you know, stuff like Billy Madison and Big Daddy. And then, but he is in other uh, movies, you know, like like rom-coms, like Spanglish. Where right. he's, like, trying to take on more meatier acting roles than what he gives himself right. in his own movies or like yeah. in funny people another kind of like semi-serious movie that's really interesting i like you more of like what he gets from other people versus what he gets what he gives to himself that's I, really and i think that's like a really important distinction and i don't know uh maybe your your podcast will discover this yeah. if people but like i feel like i feel like adam sandler like i don't know he's kind of like tyler perry a little bit right like tyler perry has his Medea films that are made for a very specific audience, you know, like not, you know, meant to be these like, like broad comedies, but like not meant for like everybody in that terms of like broad comedy. But then when he feels like acting, he will, you know, be in somebody else's film that's not produced by his production company. Um, At a lot of these Adam Sandler comedies, he doesn't take the credits, but he's almost always a co-director and co-writer. Right. Or it's his company where you know that like they're, they're thinking a certain yeah. way. Well, and like, he works with, like, the same handful of writers well, and directors. And, again, like, he's known for co-directing and co-writing just about everything, even though he doesn't take the credits. It. Yeah. Whereas, like, he'll be in, you know, like, Punch Drunk Love or Uncut Gems, just like Tyler Perry, you know, is in, you know, these other kind of Hollywood films and can actually act. And when he feels like it, you know, does this. So, like, I don't know. Like, his production company, you know, he's making these really dumb comedies for a very specific audience are you probably dumb white guys at least you know in the yeah. you know people and that like was, immature that was, like yeah that was kind of comedies for a long time yeah. you know like that just was the market for these kind of movies and and arguably i mean he probably you know if he got that netflix deal i mean he did you know yeah. so there is still a market i mean this movie uh mr deeds was like panned by critics like just you know Didn't just, like just yeah just everybody hated it like critics oh. rated it poorly um and i probably that's because he remade a frank capra film yeah that's hard and it's... so taking uh taking a, a beloved historical figure in film and then remaking right. it for an adam sandler it's hard to comedy. take gary cooper and now it's adam sandler <laughs> right it's very hard act to follow but this thing made like triple its like budget back and it won the nickelodeon kids choice award you know and had like a high cinema score which when a movie comes out there are select theaters that they'll pull audiences they come out to figure out this number but 
at least most Hollywood movies get a cinema score of some sort, and this was like an A or an A minus, meaning like the audience, right. you know, liked it. You know, they had fun. They probably also never heard of or seen. You know, I don't know how many folks in uh, 2002 were watching Frank Capra films, or if it was even accessible. You know, at that time. So you know, just engaging with this to them, Adam yeah. Sandler comedy, and still really successful. Right. But yeah, I don't know. I I think it's really interesting that Adam Sandler gets shit on a lot, but I don't know. Like he's just kind of like doing yeah. his thing and he has an audience and he gets to make stuff with all of his friends. And I feel like there's something to be said about that. You know, obviously as you said, there's a lot of questionable material. Some of it tolerated at the time, other times, you know, not cool then and not cool now. Also though, you have to take into consideration that Again, he's been working in comedy since the late '80s, so he's he's seen comedy change drastically yeah. for I quite a few can, decades. Yeah. You know, I know like he can always adapt. He kind of has one shtick that he does. Yeah, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, his his Netflix ones. I don't I don't know. I hope nobody picks them. Other than mm-hmm. Hubie Halloween, Hubie Halloween's okay. I feel like they're kind of like in the same. They don't have as much questionable material, or if any, I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, for a lot of them, but still dumb. But I don't know. I just think he's an interesting guy. Yeah, he definitely has a long span. Like, his comedy kind of stays consistent throughout. It's just our reaction to it, I yeah. think, is the thing changing. But yeah, some some things are better. Like I said, like there was no Rob Schneider in this one. Yeah. It was a considerably better movie <laughs> than the last small, one I watched. A small cameo where he plays the same character from, like, Big Daddy or Billy Madison or something. Like, he catches a cat in his food bike. And that's it. That's all the... Wait, he was in this movie? Yeah. Wait. Oh, I didn't even realize. Yeah. It he's, so small, he, he's, small. On, he's on screen for like three seconds. And but I, I think that's it. He's given such a minor role. He doesn't have yeah. time to do anything yeah. racist. Yeah. <laughs> Not that he, you know, has huge roles, but at least, you know, when he's, when he's there, you know he's there. Yes. Yeah. Uh. You expect you expect to see him. That's yeah. how frequently he comes. This was a good picnic. Um, this was... Uh, I'm also glad to have seen the original, too. I don't know if I would have done that otherwise. It was good to... It was a first-time watch for me, too. I, uh... For Mr. Deeds Goes to Town? Yeah. You had a... This was a couple things. Have you seen Mr. Deeds before? Yes. Okay. A lot of times. A lot of times. Yeah, so as kids, uh, this was one of the few VHSs, and then I think we also got it on DVD, so, you know, one of the few in our very small pile. So, you know, this was on high rotation for a very long time along with the mask that's and not that bad no like if i had to watch this a couple times it's yeah. not the again not the worst but was if i bet if i was younger i would think this is funnier too yeah. i think age is also an important factor unfortunately looking at it now though i don't like i don't think this movie was like it's not necessarily made for like kids like i don't no. know why we watch i don't know why it was winning the kids because it's choice. one of the things that you own because it's one yeah. of the things that you own but we did i mean Meant more for just a general family audience. I think it's like yeah. a PG. So, but yeah, I don't know why we watched it so much. I don't know what we found in it that we liked. We all have Steve like, Buscemi. Things, Steve Buscemi. <laughs> I mean, Steve Buscemi and John Turturro were really popular amongst us and our siblings. Those characters. Yeah. 
Especially the sneaky, sneaky. sneaky. Oh yeah, we didn't even talk about sneaky, <laughs> no. sneaky the whole time. Oh, that was like Emilio Lopez's thing. Yeah, he kept sneaking up on him and being like, "I'm very sneaky, sneaky." You can just teleport across like rooms, <laughs> right? And, like... like over an, an elevator, like yeah. or like at the end, like he literally has like a cam, like a you know, like in a video game, like Pac-Man, where you can like yeah. rap when you go from yeah. one end of the world to the other. Like right. he has that power where. He's, like, in a balcony, and then literally a second later is, like, right next to the podium, yeah. like... Oh, but. there was one thing about that character, too. I think part of his clause was becoming, like, CEO of... Was Anderson, our favorite baddie, uh, gets to stay, but only if he allows Emilio to change his socks every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Which, you know, happy ending for both of them. <laughs> right. That's right. That's right. Who knew Mr. Deeds yeah. was, like, a, the original foot fetish meme, Yeah, you know? QT really needs to get a publisher. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I think, Nick, you convinced me. I think I would give... I Well, first I gave Mr. Deeds Goes to Town four out of five stars. That was a pretty solid movie. Like, I'm glad I have watched that. I think mm. that enlightened me. Um, I would raise Mr. Deeds from three stars to 3.5. I think after talking it out... I did really like that movie the first time around. I thought it was really, like... It's not... The thing with all these Adam Sandler movies, they're not, like, laugh out loud, but this is probably the closest of, like, most jokes that landed. It feels like he definitely had his jokes that he loves to reuse. He loves, like, the stutters. Mm -hmm. He loves, you know, I think we've all mentioned all these being, like, there's stuff that he clearly does every movie, and he's kind of honed it a little bit here, Mm -hmm. you know, in the sense of, like, honed of, like, he does it once and leaves it alone otherwise to do other jokes. And it also comes up organically, like, when he gets a fire poker stabbed right. through his dead right. foot. <laughs> what would you rate this, Nick? What would you rate Mr. Deeds Goes to Town, and then what would you rate Mr. Deeds out of five stars? Well, I think on the old letterboxed I think I gave Mr. Deeds Goes to Town a four out of five. Yeah. Thought it was. I thought it was good. A little long. Yeah. And I also didn't really like how preachy yeah. Mr. Deeds Yeah, was there's that. still weird stuff going on in that movie, but like Just I... like too preachy, yeah. but um, and then I gave Mr. Deeds, I think, a three. A three out of five. Yeah. So. I think that's valid. Well, before we wrap up, Nick, I have one more question for you. Okay. Nick, can you give me a card? Can you read me a card? Read you a card? Yeah. Give me a card. Oh, like a, like a wicked cool card? <laughs> yeah. Wow. We didn't even talk about how much no. the word wicked is said. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, my God. It was said all the time. Man. <laughs> all right. Here's, here's what I got. Mr. Deeds by Adam Sandler is a little blander, but it's still kind of good. And if you think you might watch it, you should. Yeah. That's so good. (laughs) I love that. I know that's really good. I love writing Sandler with blander. I thought you were going to do like a Chandler thing. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let me me give you a card, Nick. Yeah, let's get it. Anytime I want to watch a flick, I always ask my friend Nick. And today we watched Mr. Deeds. I laughed so hard I almost peed. (laughs) So thank you, Nick, for coming on my podcast. Spending time with you is always a blast. Um, I think that'll be it. Nick, thank you so much for joining me and doing this podcast. Thank you for for having me. Deeds. Until next time, uh, we'll have Josh on the podcast, but no teaser for what that movie will be. Ooh, how yeah. is secret or unknown? Unknown. Mm. Josh has not picked the movie yet.
He might have forgot that he's even signed up. Well, he probably <laughs> drank some dum dum juice. <laughs> yeah. You hear that, Here, Josh? Here's the teaser gotta... for Josh. He drank dum dum juice and he has an idiot watermelon growing in his brain. Go off, Nick. <laughs> now who's laughing? Now who's got dookie brains? <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this two-hour podcast of Into the Sandbox. As a special treat, as we teased earlier in the episode, there is a special bonus 10 minutes after this point of the episode where Nick and I eat the pizza creation in Mr. Deeds of a pizza with fries and Oreos on top of the pizza. Are you've already spent two hours of your life this far? What's another five minutes? Uh, anyway, enjoy and thank you again so much. Hey everyone, I know we just had some really hilarious and thoughtful ideas, and now we get to eat, which really for us is before we say all the thoughtful and hilarious stuff we're gonna say. So in the movie. Nick, you talk about this, because you're going to find out in a minute. I actually missed all these pizza things. <laughs> yeah, so in, in the movie, Longfellow delivers uh, a few really weird pizzas to old crazy eyes. I missed Steve all of Buscemi, them. did you even watch the movie? I think what I'm learning is that when I take notes, uh, I just miss stuff. Mm. Like, this happened the last time I watched. Do you just watch it one time with the notes? Or I'm, I'm, like, I'm watching it, and then I'm taking notes, and in my mind it doesn't take that long, but really I should mm. pause when I take... Like, I think this was a learning experience, so yeah. I've learned I'm missing some key details of the movies. I need to pause when I take notes. It's always recommended that you watch it once. And then watch it and again. And watch it a second time to take mm. the notes. At least I'm in so a, in worried a I'm going to lose mine. That's good. I, I will try that the next time. Although I honestly don't know if I can watch some of these movies twice. <laughs> yeah. That, that might be a little bit difficult. Both time-wise and... <laughs> but anyways, Crazy Eyes uh, orders, in the beginning, a, an Oreo and French fry pizza. And then the other one was like gumballs and licorice and like Ooh. having like hard gumballs that sounds unpleasant that i then would have to keep in my mouth yeah sounded like i i wasn't gonna this, go there this kind of sounds like it has potential yeah so uh, you've prepared us some dia cheese pizzas which are vegan thank y- you nick yes i do need to clarify that at least it probably aren't the best pizzas we'll have in our lives but they are pizzas we will have in our life i will say i was a little bit concerned when i because i baked these last night obviously nope they came out exactly the way and they would that come cheese out. that vegan cheese didn't Doesn't melt. Really melt but when i put in the microwave it did kind of we be got, some more we got some good meltage yeah. here yeah normally i think of it in this state yeah, yeah vegan cheese is just hard to melt and the other thing about diet pizza it's gluten-free crust mm, yeah, cauliflower is, right yeah i don't look at the box um but this looks wonderful, so I'm going to yeah. eat the hot one first. We also yeah. have two. We have a hot version, which is how they would have eaten it in the movie, but also a cold pizza version, which I think might be the better version. I think so, too. We'll so see. Let's, let's eat. That's not bad. No. I actually quite like it. The potato wedge is savier. Like, both elements, like, the pizza so neutral. The potato wedges are way savier than the pizza, and then the Oreos are so much sweeter like, they both really add something. Yeah. No, I think it, um, I wasn't too concerned one summer, me and my brother 
uh, got a bunch of really cheap freezer pizzas that are, you know, mm-hmm. back then, like, were a dollar. Probably. Yeah, $2 took, now, post-COVID. T- took uh, probably a couple years off our lives. But then, um, you know, divvied those up into, like, halves or thirds and made all of the random combinations from the Ninja Turtles cartoon in the 80s, which was also a running gag. And the ones that had chocolate and savory were, like, surprisingly usually not too bad. I was there for some of those. One I remember mm. was, it was like, was it the fluff? Was there a fluffernutter pizza? It was like peanut mm. butter marshmallow? No, I think when you had them, I think we had uh, picked. For sure it was a sardine one or something like that. Sardines or anchovies. Did not like that one. We picked all of like the, the better, the, the cream mm-hmm. of the crop there. But a time previous, made like 20 some pizzas. It was. That's impressive. No. That's really fun though. Had like a big party. It was fun. But yeah, I don't. I probably wouldn't go out of my way to make it, but. So, I clearly, did we, did you even get to, no, because it was always in a box. So you wouldn't have seen the pizza anyway. Mmm, he opens it up. Mmm. And you can see your french fries and uh, black cookies, Oreos. Did it look like he had baked them along with the pizza, or like they were added after the fact? Added after the fact. Okay. If I remember right, he like holds it almost, like, Steve Buscemi holds it up almost perfectly with yeah. his head to show it off, so they're probably, like, glued you know what? I remember pizza. that shot, but since I missed everything else, I wasn't really paying attention. Because that, what, that was, was that when he was in jail? Yeah. Yeah. For biting the mailman. <laughs> for casting a spell on him. I'm moving on to the cold version. No, yeah, I'm still working on my hot pizza. I think my hypothesis was wrong. I'll wait for your verdict. I think the hot pizza is the best way if you're going to do this. Let's see. The cold way isn't bad, but you lose... The cold pizza texture is different than the hot pizza texture. It's just not... It's not bad. It's not as good. I agree. It's not as good. I also don't like having all of this stuff loose and, like, rolling around when I try to put it in my mouth. Oh, yeah. It doesn't stick as much. I wonder how much this crunching is really getting picked up. I don't think we've mentioned it yet either, but mm. I also brought Hawaiian Punch, since that's what he has in his uh, uh, Yum. drinking fountain inside the hotel, that, or the mansion, or building, or apartment, whatever it is, that I he inherits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've not had Hawaiian Punch in a very long time. Same. They changed the dude. I always thought the hat was no. his hair. I always thought it was his hair, too. They didn't change him, though, did they? I think they've, they've made him a little more 3D since I've last seen him. Like, he he looks the same, but, you know, it's like when you turn SpongeBob from the 90s to 2010, you know? Mm. Something changes. Mm-hmm. And it's an excellent source of vitamin C. And high fructose corn syrup. Yeah, it's a great source of sugar. <laughs> Yeah, because when I when I think of him, he's this flat dude. Mm. So it's they're 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 very close, but this is why it's so easy to like confuse his hat for hair. I was gonna say though, this looks way more obvious that it's supposed to be a hat. In this one. In in this, but I don't know if it's because like I looked at it here, or if this is the first time in my life that I've actually like. I mean, look at this. You don't even see hair in some of yeah. these versions. Like, it's very easy to miss. This visual stuff is really great <laughs> for the podcast. Listen, people, but no, I people agree. do your own Google searches. I can only do so much. 
Just Google, type into Google Hawaiian Punch mascot, and then click on some images. You'll get there. <laughs> this is the more casual post-show. Mm. Only the true fans are sticking around for listening to us munch. Should we say hi to Ray? Do you think Ray would listen to this part? Ray, if you made it this far into the podcast, please let us know by going into... What's the group chat currently called? Mm. Um, please get into Bread People Switch Club <laughs> and type in the phrase, I am an evil pizza fiend who eats on skulls of Oreos. Thank you. No, well, no. If you're anybody else who's listened this far... Uh, get fucked. <laughs> Just kidding. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>